The Commander Crunch podcast is brought to you by puremtgo.com. Head over there for great articles covering all formats of the game we all love. This podcast is also brought to you by Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar, your home for magic card auctions in Australia, New Zealand, and Malaysia. Now, on to the podcast. It's breakfast time. Welcome to Commander Crunch episode 26. You're here for your nutritious serving of tasty Commander treats served up on the regular. We're all about celebrating the culture, community and creativity of primarily our favorite format of Commander and Magic the Gathering, plus a side serving of entertainment and pop culture discussions for ancillary influences. I'm of course one of your hosts, Sam, and joined as always by, it's the destroyer of motherboards, it's Cheshire. How you doing, man? That's not entirely fair. My motherboard isn't destroyed. What happened to it? Uh, that is a good question, and I do not know, but it's definitely not destroyed. <laughs> so, so it lived to tell a tale. It, it, it is, it is currently living. I'm using the back USB ports for the most part for yep. my important peripherals. Although my top camera, for some reason, is running too slow, which means that I think one of the ports in the back of uh, the PC, I'm using the wrong USB type, which is quite possible. Which is probably why it's slow. Um, no, my computer just decided to die at the start of the week, um, because it's a piece Mm. of shit and hates me. Uh, so I had to (laughs) take it all apart, reseed the RAM, reseed the graphics card, clean the entire system out just in case to get some of the dust out. Um, and yeah, now it's just miraculously working fine. I turned it on its side. I plugged everything back in. I turned it on and it kicked to life and I was like, wait, what? Like, it doesn't make sense. So Obviously, there is some sort of power connection in there that is just absolutely fucked. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. But hey, yeah. now it's working and um, Kaldheim is coming up. And, and Sam, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be streaming early release Kaldheim stuff, apparently. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna uh, head over to that because of, um, of course, we will be not getting, again, product as, as, as quickly as possible. Don't get me pro- started. Pro- yeah, that's, that's the thing. I'm, I'm never going to sit there and go, ah, why, how dare you and whatever. Like, it is what it is. It's yeah, don't week. look at Facebook then. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, you've, like <laughs> not, I say, not me. I'll take I, the smiling was... approach. You'll take the probably more realistic approach, which is fine. No, but, I, uh, was, I was defending Wizards because... We're oh, yeah, in the true, middle true. of a pandemic still. Exactly. It's shitty in America right now. Our guests will, will get there in a second. They can absolutely confirm this. Um, and shipping is a problem and port strikes are a problem and everything is delayed and there's stuff backed up everywhere, but there are certain yep. creators in the magic content sphere who mm-hmm. for some reason feel like they want to jump on Wizards' official Facebook page and oh, yeah. yell at them and scream at them and say, you do this every time, you're yeah. shit. And it's like, How guys, just you, yeah. back the fuck off. Back off. We're in the I middle of a pandemic. Th- yeah, exactly. <sighs> like, I, I've said it before. It's my approach anyway. I mean, I don't want to tell people how to think, but like, I find it a lot less stress on your life when you tend to not expect things out of anyone and then when when you get things you're pleasantly delighted but like it's it's, if you're expecting that much from a bloody company it's like just chill the hell out it's fair to expect that you have your pre-release on time and we're the only country in the entire world that that has the problem but in the same vein like we're in the middle of a pandemic we're a special case exactly asterisk footnote totally so yeah exactly um yeah it creates problems and it's like commander legends was delayed like on product for us to open, but yeah. you know we still had some limited pre-release, which was yeah fun. we had a pre-release and then it's like another we lost a few weeks there and it's like okay yeah. we'll deal with it it's fine but yeah and um I want to point out that 
you know, it does affect what I do, what we do, um, because there's no product opening videos from us and there hasn't been for a while because of these issues. Mm. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not a physical store. I don't need to worry about the fact that, you know, everyone's buying their singles and their products overseas. Not that on pre-release weekend you have singles available anyway, unless you are not a store, Mm -hmm. Um, in which case you need to sort out your own finances and how you do business because that's like, you shouldn't be selling on pre-release weekend singles anyway. Like just, just chill. Like you don't need to just chill anyway. Yeah. I was going to make a joke that uh, you somehow managed to uh, eloquently put the word port in there and then it linked back to USB port and I was going to make a joke about you're on the right ship but the wrong port with a USB port because... Uh, don't, don't say that. It will take me back to when I was drunk. I know, I know. Uh, but uh, also that, that's, you know, we've, we've had some funny times with your USB ports and uh, learning about which one is feeling, you know, fruity on the, a certain day and, and which one's feeling a bit jazzy with its, its noises and stuff because some of the mic issues we've had with you and I've had to sort out in, um, you know, editing <laughs> with like cleaning up some audio because the, uh, that particular USB port put some, um, some really, uh, nice Johnny five noises throughout, throughout your audio. So, um, yeah, yep. we'll figure out, but someone, someone please buy Chesh some more USB ports. I don't know if that's the thing you just buy or no, you just buy a new not, computer. I don't know. That's not how that works. I know. <laughs> you tell, I haven't built a computer in forever. It's like, yeah, <laughs> mm, exactly. Uh, and what were you saying but the other day? guests. Yeah, exactly. We'll move on to the guests. Exactly. We're going to do that. So, um, as we always do, our uh, we, we, we love our guest profiles uh, with the community and creators and, and they've become a place to share and explore the essence of Commander, of course, and why we play in an effort to promote and celebrate these qualities. Um, we're, of course, joined this week by we've got another uh, a, a kind of a, a four-person party on our hands chesh this is a fun one we've we've done a couple of these i'm like is this too many in the in the podcast fit hell no nah, we're, we're gonna yeah, get straight but the into other it. two are artifacts and they're part of a really neat combo there you go exactly so uh we're of course joined by andy and nick from uh the scrap trawlers which is a uh, a budget magic uh edh streaming and video series that brings together some great members of the community for some great themed brewing challenges and just focus on having a great positive time so uh how you doing andy and nick doing well thanks for having us doing good thank you ah good good to have you here so um yeah no we've, we've been a bit of a uh you know we've been fans for a little while now and um seeing what's what you guys have built especially over i guess last year um i think a lot of us were put into a point where like oh, i mean we're not playing as much or we, we can't really play physical commander that kind of thing and i know a lot of people stream before that but it's like what do we do and um andy i know you write for uh cards here uh, and, and they've always had some great views on the game and everything. So it's, um, yeah, to see that go uh, embodied into a kind of series, which is especially, as I said, spoke to me because it's like, yeah, you know, I, I generally brew things with the cards I have. I'm always looking for ways to kind of avoid those staples if possible and also just like put myself into a brewing challenge if possible because restrictions breed creativity so um yeah do either you want to i mean you both touch on um yeah like what 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 your journey was starting up scrap trolls last year uh, i'll let you take that andy yeah i'll take this one <laughs> it's kind of a long story it basically started off with my local play group here in milwaukee which is just me and uh, uh a married couple that i'm friends with uh zach and Teresa. So when I got back into Magic, the most recent time, um, I got back into Commander pretty hard, uh, mostly because I was watching a lot of videos on YouTube, like Command Zone and mm. uh, Commander Versus from uh, Star City Games. And uh, after a few months of playing with my friends, I said, hey, you know what? 
I think it'd be fun if we just do like deck challenges. Like every month we just come up with like mm, mm. a new theme to build around. And so we started doing that, but we always needed a fourth player and we had trouble finding one. Um, about a year after that, um, I started talking with Nick on uh, Twitter and uh, then we met up at Command Fest Chicago in November of 2019, which oh nice is uh, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it kind of is. <laughs> it doesn't, but then at the, then sometimes it feels like 20 years ago. It's like it's a weird uh, time rift that it's it's either really small, or really large. Right. I definitely find it's super strange. Uh, so Nick actually then joined my local play group. He became our fourth. And then uh, nice. shortly after that, uh, COVID happened. And then mm. the playgroup kind of had to stop meeting up. Um, we did continue on through uh, Cockatrice because our friends Zach and Teresa couldn't do the webcam stuff. So we've been playing on Cockatrice yeah. ever since. But uh, I came to Nick with the idea of, hey, maybe let's uh, let's do some more stuff with other people and let's do one on a stream. And let's kind of do the same thing. We do monthly deck building challenges, and we do it. Uh, we do it on a budget because, like you said earlier, uh, breeding, uh, breeding, you know, restrictions, building with restrictions, you know, breeds uh, creativity. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, exactly. It's it's a lot of fun. Nice, nice, and I've really enjoyed the, uh, the the as it's evolved as well to go. Well, we also need a platform just to kind of talk about it and, and just have fun and, and that kind of thing. So, Scrap Chat's been a, a very a welcome part of it. But um, yeah, it's been super cool to see. Uh, also, it's 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 kind of what I like to do on this show as well. It's just highlight, give people their time to highlight the way they would approach the game, and and that's really interesting for sure. That like who's you know how's Lenny going to throw like approach a deck that kind of thing? How's how's Andy from Guardian Pod going to approach a deck and and that's that's such an awesome uh, open forum and especially i was having the thought um uh while preparing for the episode this morning i was like well i think what it what it that kind of challenge really really kind of cultivates is that fun uh of playing the game when you're not even playing the game which is brewing in a social kind of environment mm -hmm. like you're kind of brewing together if and I, again like correct me if i'm wrong if this doesn't happen as much like do you brew the deck in isolation uh, and then you know you'll you'll kind of go to the table and then uh, you kind of show your deck off. But or is it more like we're we're helping each other and and kind of uh, stimulating that that process by going oh how are we going to build this and you know I know uh, like I said Lenny's one of those people who always have cards. I'm like what I've never heard of that and I want to use it. That sounds amazing. No, we actually keep all of our decks uh, secret until we're in the stream. Oh, nice, nice. So we don't uh, we don't tell each other what we're brewing or what <laughs> we're considering. Uh, we, you know, we'll occasionally on Twitter chat we'll like make jokes to each other. Um, but <laughs> no, we keep everything secret uh, mostly because we don't want anybody like kind of uh, brewing for the for the meta. You know, if I know what yeah, you're playing, course, I might throw some cards in there to uh, kind of you know counteract what you're trying to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly um but uh yeah i mean tell us a little bit about some of the uh i don't know i've 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 caught a bunch of the uh the episodes and and because it's a monthly series correct more or less like with everything preparing and the time it takes to turn those around yeah so it started off as monthly um we just planned to do like one game a month um but it's yep. kind of grown from there uh nick do you want to tell them how everything kind of evolved yeah so <laughs> it, it it was one game a month and now it's two we've grown 
twice as much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, we, we did the one game and we really enjoyed what we did and we were kind of thinking like, Hey, how can we ramp this up? Um, so we started the, uh, we started scrap chat shortly after that, I think, um, you know, just trying to say like, Hey, I don't, not really looking to do like a whole nother podcast thing. Let's just kind of roll mm. it into uh scrap trawlers and, uh, you know, see what we can do. So started the discussion streams and then we just started doing, uh, as we got more episodes in, we're saying, okay, well, we don't want to do like one episode a month and then a rematch the next month. And then the, the, the second episode, like in the third month. So we just decided mm-hmm. to start combining the, um, the rematches and the new games into, uh, you know, into the month. So now we're doing two scrap chats a month and, you know, two regular episodes a month, one with a rematch, one with a new, uh, and now we're starting to do new stuff. Um, like on the 31st, we're, we're doing our first ever non-budget game. We're all playing uh, Kainos and Tiro, mm. all four of us. So that's going to be fun. Kind of excited to see <laughs> what everybody brings. Yeah, exactly. I've enjoyed some of those. I've seen a, a few of those pop up where it's a, a battle of, uh, you know, one. Again, it's it's like a central theme and then everyone kind of uh, builds to that, literally usually in the form of a commander. Like I saw one. Oh, what was it? Uh, I think Stacked EDH was doing it as the Kraken Sakashima one and everyone just does that, attacks that differently, which will be just a wild time, so many coins flipping. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I think Neo Royal did a, everyone did Sadisi, which was really pretty cool, like the the Saltai Sadisi. Uh, but that kind of thing is going to be very, very interesting because, I mean, Kaneo Satiro, the, the instinct is group hug, but it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, you can do some nasty stuff in a great way as well. So, oh, that's going to be awesome. Look forward to that for sure. But, um, I mean, you said it yourself, like the budget side of it is a, is a big factor. Is that a big thing that kind of uh, always influenced you guys as far as like it's when you're like, oh, what kind of content do we want to do? It's like, well, the stuff that speaks to us and we do anyway, I guess, is, is probably a way to look at it. That's that's definitely the uh, the... Uh, the feel I get that it's like you guys just really live this anyway and it's not like you're trying to, you know, um, do it just for the sake of doing it. You kind of have, have done that before as far as I can understand. Yeah, um, so my local playgroup, um, originally our our challenges weren't budget, but then one of our challenges was build a budget deck. And then after yeah. that challenge, we were all like, you know, that was actually awesome. Let's just keep doing that. And so from then on, yeah, all yeah. of our all of our challenges were budget. And we kind of carried that forward into scrap trawlers. And, um, you know, like we said before, you know, restrictions and everything. But also, it it, it saves us money. Because, you know, Nick and I are building yeah, yeah, new decks exactly. every month. Uh, there's no way we could afford to go full out, you know, no budget to EDH decks every month and keep that going all the time. Yeah, exactly. There's a practicality to it. And I think that the bit I always kind of like to lean on is like, I also don't ever want the game to be prohibitive. And that when it does, it kind of irks me a little bit when there's there's messages that imply you have to have a certain amount of stuff to like even play. And it's like, no. And, and that can get into the whole proxy thing and everything that's been going on at the moment. And I'm really, it does upset me when it gets, you know, proxies can be a, uh, you know, that argument can be used to go like it's a gatekeeping kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, no, this, we've got to say this is this is a way to allow more people to play the game, which is, you know, um, and everyone, like I said, everyone, everyone approaches the game differently. Like everyone uh, values physical cards and where they're printed a little bit differently. I get that for sure. And it's, I mean, personally, I don't use it really that many proxies because it's just like, oh, I'll more just use what I have and it's, you know, um, 
I kind of usually find something else uh, to 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 play if it's like oh I could proxy it actually and you know it's fine but I'd probably if I was going to proxy it I'd probably I'd want to really really do the art myself or something or you know I've, I'm probably this far away from getting a uh, a few from some of the people we know in the community getting some of those really cr- uh, cool proxies but for me it it seriously be it wouldn't be powerful pieces it'd just be weird cards I just don't have you know it's it's not doing it to kind of bolster the power or anything because. Uh, and you guys can speak to this too, but um, I guess my theory is that like, you know, you found the the fun in the game is in that Goldilocks zone of, you know, there's enough time in the game for people to do their things. Uh, it's not too cutthroat and it's probably more social and that's where almost more of a budget game kind of lends itself to. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Chesh, actually, I've never talked to you much about um, budget philosophies anyway. Like, it's, you know, how much I know you kind of pivot your collection around a bit. Like, it's that's kind of more a practicality thing. But um, have you have you brewed much when it's just like actually just the, the focus is something budget? Um, I have actually. Um, I've done a couple of different budget decks uh, over on the YouTube. Yeah. Um, and mostly, like, for the most part, the reason that I do, and I don't do them very often, but I, I you know, I do them when I can. Mm. Um, mostly the reason is just because if you're making something that is, let's just say, always an expensive deck, and I'm talking like $600 expensive rather than like $200, $300 budget. And I know that yeah. for some people that's not exactly budget. Like budget is like 50 bucks, but you know what? I'm not going to make a $50 no, deck. That, that, that cost is and, relative. Unless yeah. I'm... Yeah, unless I'm playing, like, Uncommon Commander stuff, which is hilarious and I've done before. It's good fun. But I also, I'm not going to go out of my way to fill my deck with dual lands usually, um, unless I'm maybe gearing up for some CDH. Um, The same with, you know, uh, expensive artifacts. Like, I'm not going to play a Mana Vault because you don't need it. So my philosophy behind my decks is that, I try and keep, I guess, the cost as low as possible while being able to do my thing. Yeah. And unless it's specifically a combo deck that requires X combo to go off, which means that I'm going to be leaning towards more powerful cards to try and get that combo online. So mm. I, I guess, in a way, all of the decks that I build are somewhat a budgety kind of deck mm. because I try and stay away from all of those like super powerful combo decks. Uh, but at the same time, it's not something that really I'm constantly looking out for. It's just something that happens naturally with the way that I build. Yeah. And also because I'm always looking like you've seen it before with the, um, uh, with the MTG lexicon discord where people will go and have a look at one of my decks and go, Oh, I never thought of X, Y, Z in this deck. That's mm. actually kind of cool. Um, yeah. Because I'm always trying to kind of do something different, but I do, I don't want to like fill my deck with a whole bunch of like very expensive cards because I don't see the point. Yeah, like, I d- com- commander for me, my philosophy is I want to have fun. Yeah, you know exactly. Girls just want to have fun, and I'm the <laughs> biggest girl. There we go. <laughs> and, and getting that point where you just—I mean, it's it's as simple as like I play this card, and everyone's like what the hell is that card? Like, yeah, that's what, that's all I want kind of thing. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, I, that's what happened with my, um, my group slug deck, you know, yeah. people were like, what, what do you play? What is that? You know, and looking yep, at cards yep. from like invasion block and Macadian masks. And they're like, oh, yeah. I've never seen this card before in my life. And I'm like, well, 
now is absolutely the time for you to look at this card and consider actually using it because it's oh, yeah. great. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, well, that's a good way to kind of lead in. But um, Andy, Nick, uh, I think just as examples, like what were what were what have been some of the challenges? And you know, you can we can of course check the, the last episodes, but even maybe even before that. But uh, like some of your favourite, uh, yeah, like uh, challenges via budget or, or theme or whatever that you've kind of run through. All right. So, so what 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 have we done? The the one that's coming up um, next month with uh with mana curves and uh and jason all uh so far that's been the most challenging challenge at, at least for me um nice. i'm just gonna toot my horn here i brew a lot of decks i don't build everything <laughs> i brew but I, I brew like two or three decks a day <laughs> yeah it's what? uh it, it's kind of a lot yeah i just you know if you're if you're good at your job you got you got a lot of free time so <laughs> don't fire me uh but no it's just sometimes you don't want to rebrew um you know this or like play the same deck that you've already brewed a couple times over stuff like that um i, th- I, th- I besides that i think one of the most fun challenges we've done was our halloween episode where mm. they weren't we we had tribal themes but they weren't tribal in the sense of like the magic aspect like slashers isn't really a magic tribe so you just kind of have to <laughs> make it up yeah. as you go and it was really sweet <laughs> So I think I that was my it. favorite episode so far, as far as uh, as far as themes go. What about you, Andy? Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think we've had some really fun themes. Um, so the one we have coming up next month that Nick mentioned uh, is actually called "Strengthen Your Core," and each of us has to brew a deck with at least twenty five cards from core sets, including the commander. Oh, I saw uh, this. Yeah, I, I yeah, I saw really this a little any, while ago. I yeah. haven't really had any problem with that. But uh, <laughs> I, I've had fun with this format. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, the the horror one. I did nightmares, so I did uh, that was led by yeah. Brokos. I just had it wasn't like all nightmare creatures. It was just like themed around like nightmares and dreams, different cards. Um, mm. What else? What was uh, what was the theme that we had for when I played Kess? I don't even remember what our theme was for that, Nick. Oh, what was that? I don't even know what I played. I just know that you whomped us. <laughs> no, I didn't, even, with, uh... I didn't even win with it. Yeah, you got the Madding Cacophony win. Well, no. I don't know if you won, but it was <laughs> it was terrifying. It was great, that card man. should not be, like, less yeah. than a dollar. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Pick those up, absolutely. That's, that's such, yeah, mm, that card. Yeah, our very, our very uh, first episode with, uh, we had Lenny and Andy Flory on there, and uh, the theme was yeah, under that's... 200. And uh, we each had to brew around a commander that had less than that had fewer than two hundred decks on EDH rec. Uh, so that was a fun theme. So was that one more? That one probably didn't have. Did that still have a budget restriction at all? Yeah. Oh yeah, they all do. Yeah, nice. I love it because yeah, I was, that, I was, that just was a good episode off. too. Because you just oh, died yeah. by a flung Llanowar elf, which I don't think has ever happened <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> yeah, just a precision. Is that fling one life and exactly. uh, Andy cast fling with the Llanowar elves, and um, that was the end of that poetic so who was playing what no one i remember there was so lenny had that amazing i uh, brought that up because lenny has that amazing uh vardy ildal deck uh which i've talked to him about that and cool little pieces that relate to i love skeleton ship it's like my favorite commander and um you know <laughs> the one one stuff or wacky stuff going around uh but i've, I've seen uh him play vardy on mtg lexicon and that was you know it's just doing things he still loves playing that deck of course but that I think it was also like it's it's kind of in his uh he's got a little bit of a budget philosophy there sometimes when he wants to as well for like the the Urza Gumball deck and things like that. But um 
yeah, who was, I mean, what was, I'm trying to remember who else played what. So uh, Andy Flory played, oh, played the, I remember he the played game. the but... Biobox Godzilla from Ikoria. Oh, of course, Zalortha. Zalortha, uh, there you go. Yeah, Zalortha, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where's that where's Zalortha card? You know, we need that. Um, that's right. Uh, and then what did you two play? I played Vorash uh, the Hunter. Played, uh, yeah, oh, Andy's yeah, kind of a yeah. Sultai guy. Uh, yeah, every yeah. every deck he plays, it's got to have blue and green and black in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's not Just totally the good true. Stuff, you know? Okay, yeah, not yeah. totally true. I, I do like green though. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I played Kiki Jiki, but without creatures. It was all active trees and tribal. So the whole point of the oh, deck was cool. to, you know, like take one of your creatures and then copy it and try to win that way. So that was fun. Yeah, that is, it, it, that I actually still have that deck around. It's it's like in my in my arsenal now. Yeah, yeah. and and that's the whole thing. It, it it's kind of pushing you into a place of like, oh, I wouldn't normally brew this deck, and then once you play, it, you're like, oh wow, look, this is doing weird things I never thought I'd enjoy. But you know, there you go. Exactly. That's actually been one of the one of the highlights for me of this experience is, you know, watching our guests actually keep playing their decks that they made for our episodes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it makes me feel good to see that they enjoyed it so much that they <laughs> want to keep playing. You know, what we challenged them with. Love it. Just uh, also shout out to the uh, the poster for the uh, the upcoming uh, the core challenge one. I forgot about that. So I just <laughs> so I just looked it up. <laughs> that's excellent. I so, had some fun uh, with yeah, that. I was, I was, I was just, that's that's um that's a good time. So there's a of course I mean check out Scrap Trolls on tw- Twitter, but you'll see the uh, the it's a magazine cover, and uh, I don't need to say more than that. You just you just have to check it. Out. It's very very good. But um yeah, so I mean for the core challenge, I was going to say. So do the commanders have to be from the core set or no? Yep. Okay, cool, cool. Because I'm thinking, yeah, I was going to say, actually, no, I mean, the core sets are uh, home to some of the, the great kind of commanders over years anyway, or some really cool ones at least, like not not objectively, or maybe if you can't go loss, but like um, <laughs> there's there's some amazing stuff there and a, a lot of people go, oh, I, did, I don't remember that specifically um, or, or as clearly because it was a core set. You know, oh, that was there too. So, um, yeah, are you guys allowed to discuss what you're brewing or is that still secret? Nope, it's no, that secret. part's still a secret, uh, but you got a lot of weird <laughs> nice. options too, right? I mean, you got you got oh, Cranko, yeah. classic commander that came out of a core set like you you could have gotten that i believe in one of those intro decks uh whenever yeah that that core set came out but then you got you know jank like ambassador lockwoodus where you can just pay three to mill somebody oh, for three <laughs> so it. that's what i'd play <laughs> i i play ambassador loquacious or Laqu- yeah whatever loquacious in um um rexial as as like it's not a very efficient way to oh, mill right but bo- boy howdy does it like sink some manner if you got some leftover like <laughs> <laughs> I love that to be it. That's fantastic. Uh, you say Krenko, actually. I've got a Krenko in front of me. I just bought my first one, and um, oh, nice. I just never had one. For uh, a, a, a weird Zagreus goblin tribal thing I'll put together anyway, but um, no, I look forward to that for sure. Um, well, speaking of Rexil, you guys played some... Who Was it Dana Roach that played Rexil on... Uh, you, you, I think it was a month or two back. I was just remembering yeah, you guys was, had a Yeah, uh, that was both me uh, and Dana. We, <laughs> so the oh. um, the challenge for that was um, block party. So we had to brew around a randomly selected, um, you know, magic block. And That's right. I got to take the blame for this one because, you know, <laughs> Andy and I were talking about it. He's like, yeah, this block party thing's a good idea. And I said, oh, right on. Don't worry. I'll curate the list. <laughs> yeah. And not even realizing that I left original Zendikar in there because it has, like, original Emrakul and... Um, 
Iona or Linvala, whichever one's banned. So it's like, oh, these this block is really bad. Like you got Tuck Tuck the Explorer, <laughs> but yes, you got good yes, stuff yes. like OG Omnath and which is what you played, Andy, right? Uh, like Monogreen Omnath. I, I tried to. I tried to yeah. play. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I was up against three black decks, and I did not really play much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Omnath can do things like Monogreen Omnath, absolutely. But um, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's depending how you build it. I've seen some. It's like yeah, it's it's all in on on kind of one thing and and can be sometimes disrupted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. So was there two Rexial decks then? Yeah. So Dana played Rexial by itself, and I played Rexial and Gyruda. Oh, nice. Yeah, a, a match made in heaven for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's Gyruda. weird because they're kind of the inverse of each other. Like one cares about spells, yeah. and one cares about creatures. So I thought that was really interesting. For sure. Uh, I like that a bit. And I was going to say Thardor Dells in that set too, uh, in the same one, which is another one of my favorite ever commanders. But um, yeah, what to, I have to ask you because, I mean, you know, Rexial content. Uh, Rexial was pretty much my commander from the start and probably the longest lasting deck. I've had it for about four years, I think, at least, and it just keeps evolving. But it's still my favorite thing. Not many people play it, but uh, yeah, what fun things did you learn about running Rexial? Oh, boy. Um, well, Grizzly Spectacle is a card. <laughs> Nothing to do with Rexial, but we, we cast that a lot in that second game, Andy. What was oh, it, like yeah. four or five times? Something. You guys kept casting it on me, and there's stuff. <laughs> Rexial's cool. Um, Danny used it more. I was more on the Gyruda thing, so I don't know. I feel like I, I cheated in the spirit of it. Um, yeah. But Rexial can do some weird stuff. It's one of those old... Um, old what does it call it like phase two commanders where they're expensive they don't have an enter the battlefield things you don't get value out of it as soon as you cast it and win the game like like chulane or whatever like you gotta yeah, work yeah. for it yeah but if exactly you can, like, you pull got, stuff you off pre- it's really nice yeah you've got um, you've kind of like you you uh you telegraph your plans pretty clearly uh is, is always the way and I, and I don't even build in that many haste enablers or anything like that i like to protect but there's usually enough other stuff going around but it's it's kind of I, I find it part of the uh, I'm not going to go too far on that anyway because I'll give people the opportunity to end it. But um, it reminded me of, I mean, uh, Andy playing the uh, the Saltai Dragon that uh, for ages I was I just loved those six mana dragons and, you know, people would be like, oh, they're clunky and they're too big and, you know, they don't do anything straight away like you say. And it's like, no, nah, I just seem to still love them. You know, it's you can protect them, but I don't know. I think in that kind of realm of commander, it's not too bad. It's it's fine. It's you know, and it's and it, it also does open it up to when you start to build around other things that can fun- like you can you, your deck can function without the commander type thing. I imagine so. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It's it's uh, what was what was next anyway? But um, yeah. No. As far as digging through all those though, but do you have any standout like budget uh either concepts or even specific cards you guys have both found uh in all of your explorations that you, you tend to go to it's like here's a way to do a thing that is uh they usually want to do but um uh, or is, is usually prohibitively expensive because it's you know on a staple elsewhere like is there it, are there common things you go back to or you kind of like treat it new every time well we get we get a cult, we gotta go back to maddening cacophony that that card. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so Andy played it in in his cast deck. And um, you know, being able to being able to kick it to everybody for half, copy mm. it with what was it, like the Mirari Conjecture or something? Uh, and then vision. cast it from the graveyard, not kicked, but copied again. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh, 
mill 75 cards past the turn and yeah. that was it and and never mind that uh um, yeah. what's the card that just doubles mill far out and not not the 60 dollar commander the uh the just the curse or whatever like that's a bittersweet way insanity. to take out a player but it, it exists i guess you know, like, yeah but like in, in a work. budget meta like it, it's kind of different right mm. so whenever you want to build a deck like if, if you're going to build a budget deck you have to fight against a couple different axes right you got to fight mm. against um, the rising cost of the game itself. Um, so there's just some cards that you might not even be able to play. Like like Soul Ring, still like a $2.50 card. If your budget limit is 50 bucks, you might not be able to fit it in there. Yeah, totally. Um, you're also playing against other players who may not be playing budget. So, you know, like like me last night where I played Vadrock against the Guardian Project and Chain, um, it felt really good to win with like a $47 deck. Um, oh, but totally, that's not what's totally. going to be everybody's experiences. Like, you could go up against like you know somebody's sliver deck that costs forty thousand dollars, and you can just get swamped. So yeah, there's that. Um, but there's some cool things within within the budget meta um, where everybody's playing a budget. Like aggro is very viable. It, it's not oh, yeah. normally oh, yeah. good, and like I would say, normal commander. Um, it, kind of a reflection of it, if you'll follow me on this journey. Um, <laughs> budget commander is kind of a reflection of cedh where there okay. are some things that just work really well and it's kind of like a whole different game right budget yeah, commander yeah. is kind of the same way nobody has like three or four board wipes because you know wrath of god is like what five or six dollars you can't fit that in your deck no that's ridiculous yeah. you gotta wait for the blasphemous act reaper and to get it you know sub two dollars and you might only see one in the game yeah or, or is it more... Uh, uh, Mill is also playing, good you're... because no one's running Eldrazi or Nexus of Fate or, you know, stuff like that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I was going to say with the board wipes, though, do, do you know, you could play, I guess, the, the six, seven mana type ones, like, you know, more expensive uh, mana cost type ones. Um, but, I mean, I, I guess there's a few in, in the dollar, you know, $2 range anyway. But, um, yeah. I mean, what what kind of price are we talking when you when you do actually put a, put a limit on it? Which is funny because I was just about to bring this up. Mm. <laughs> Like on particular cards, you mean? Oh no, as in like a whole deck uh, price, or is it is it a card base that's like no card over oh, this much? Oh, type uh, so our budget is fifty dollars. Uh, that's using oh, that's right, yeah. TCG uh, USD prices, um, but that excludes uh, the basic lands and the commander. So if you yep. want to do a super expensive commander, you can. It won't count against your budget. The rest of it has yeah, to be uh, fifty dollars or less. Yeah, much like the uh, the Urza's Gumball Machine. Uh, shout out again to Lenny. That was um, it was like he's he's the the commander that costs way more than the uh, all of the sum of its parts. Like it's just, <laughs> and there's a delight in that. And like I mean, you you touched on it, but it's uh, it would be I can't think of many of these games I've done it, but it is like a bit of a like you're putting a bit of a um, like playing these in normal games, a bit of a handicap on yourself to go. Oh, cool! Imagine if I did actually beat the uh, the person who. Who put three thousand dollars into the deck and is is finding that their strength in in how they're existing in this game? It's like no, I've got to use these really powerful cards. Like oh, I might beat you with something weird. So um, and again, it's it's where kind of a bit of joy in skeleton ships come from. It's you know not particularly. It, it's more just uh, it's probably not particularly budget, but it's just like it's just not the best because it doesn't have to have to be, and that that's kind of more fun, of course. But um, yeah, for sure. Um, no, I lost where we're at there. So I keep going down little pathways, but it's what we do around here. It's fine, <laughs> for sure. But um, no, it's it's. Other than that, I mean, we we weren't going to go through like your full. Uh, we usually do profile questions, but being four people here, it's it's you know, um, kind of probably go on a bit too long. It's all fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, do you have 
yeah, we talk about the discoveries, but also like pet cards that appear, be it in your budget decks at all or just in general that like you, you both look towards as like, oh, I want to find a way to play this. Uh, none mm-hmm. that come to mind for me that I play, but one that I've noticed Andy play, and he, he can confirm this, uh, Mana Geode is a, is a ramp card that I just keep seeing, and I don't, I don't play it anywhere, and I, I think maybe I should. What is it? It's a, it's a, it's a three mana rock, but it ETBs and it's, yeah. you know, you scry one, and it just, yeah. you know, taps for whatever color you need it for. Like, that card's really sweet. Um, another mm. one that just got reprinted that Andy was playing was Explorer Scope, which I've started putting in some decks. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you, you can't afford Soul Ring, but um, you know, Explorer Scope. If you're playing like, I don't know, like a forty forty land deck, you can just you know look at the top. Oh, I got a, you know I got a free rampant growth, and you can get that multiple times. So for seventeen mm. cents, how can you how can you not play it? I, I've heard a few people saying uh, every now and then like, ah, oh, just just try this, especially in like say your your Boros decks that like need a bit of a hand in that that kind of department. It's it's like it can be a decent you know card, especially like I I love it in decks that actually care about the top of the library. That's the bonus synergy uh that's that you kind of the hidden mode of it it's like oh you know like a uh what do you call it um what i play the victus asmati it's like oh well you kind of want a big permanent on top and if it's a land it clears it out and just puts on the battlefield first you know that kind of thing going on but um yeah it's it's that's an interesting one because it um also crosses over a little bit to uh chesh was talking about last week about um uh not, I mean, first of all, no, it was a few weeks ago because it was like we hadn't seen that many boats in cold time spoiled yet, but um, the uh, <laughs> you just wanted more boats. But <sighs> did, did you see the one, uh, I was saying Chain of Commander did a great um, episode. Sorry, going down the tangent path, we'll get back to uh, Andy's pet card in a second. <laughs> but um, uh, Chain of Commander did a great video on um, on, on common, um, just, just nice common cards in cold time now that the, uh, the whole set's kind of been, you know, more or less listed. And uh, there's the great boat, and I need to pull it up now to find out exactly what it's called. But it it really reminded me of Explorer Scope uh, in in that, and it's probably more of the traditional boat you're looking for, Chesh, uh, if you really want your mm-hmm. boat in your boat deck. Uh, but it is, it's got a name I'm never going to remember. Here it is, Raider's Carve, uh, the three mana four four vehicle, and when it attacks, look at the top card of your library if it's a land card, put it on the battlefield tapped, and crew three. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Of course, the Explorer scope is going to come down a bit earlier, but um, you know, uh, and and bolt on a creature. But it's it feels that way that I might we might start seeing this card uh, have some utility for sure. So um, all right. So I have a question. Yeah, if I. All right. So it's an artifact. Yeah. It's a vehicle. Yeah. It's a boat. Yeah. But it technically finds you a land. Oh yeah, there's a few <laughs> flight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let's see where you're going with this. <laughs> Wait it's, a second. It's it's a boat. Why is a boat finding land? I'm just, I guess, a little confused. <laughs> I I assume, and we all know what that means, but I assume it means that the boat is uh, traveling along the great ocean and discovering new lands. I guess is one way to look at it. That's the simple answer, yeah. I guess. No, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But no, it's it's there. But I don't know. I I, I do want to. You know, I I do expect to start to see that on on a couple of you know just surprising. Oh yeah, this. Uh, you know, you might actually see this get two three lands off the top kind of thing. It's it's going to be interesting. So um, yeah. Um, Andy, did you have a pet card uh, in that in that realm as we were just speaking about that you've kind of uh 
always or you looked at to trying and include in the decks? Yeah, um, I, I guess I have a few cards that I pretty much try to include almost as often as I can. Uh, one card back to Nick saying, you know, aggro is you know really good in budget. Uh, mm. So is etherize <laughs> because a yes. lot of people are going oh. aggro. So etherize etherize is super cheap. So uh, it's easy to it's slot fantastic. in there in your budget. And uh, it always uh, it always protects you. Um, as far as board wipes, I really like in Garrick's Wake. I know it's expensive to cast, yeah. but uh, it's uh, it definitely does its job unless it gets countered, of course. But yeah, mm. I uh, I tend to run those cards pretty frequently when I'm doing blue or black, respectively. <laughs> and I, I definitely see. Uh, I mean. Uh... In Garrick's Wake, especially as such a maybe it's just a maybe it's just a Rexial thing, but it, it comes up from time to time. But uh, the juicier the target for a spell twine, um, spell twine being probably one of my mm. favorite cards ever, and it's like yeah, exactly. You get it, you get a nice discount. But back to Etherize, I think that's also a really great one that I've seen chatter about for the last yeah, six months or whatever. But it's like even to the point some people were were talking about Etherize as a uh, almost like a by principle swap out for things like cyclonic rift you know um they're like oh this does the job cheaper i mean for when you're getting attacked of course it's cyclonic rift does everything that's the important part but it's worth thinking and, and like really considering or may, maybe even both but aetherize really really does the job when you need it to um you know and i think a lot of people looked over it for a long time it's like no it can be an amazing commander card for sure being that uh it's pretty much just the return all attacking creatures their owner's hand right Yep, that's it. Yeah. And also, I mean, not to mention, I just need to check the wording because I haven't played it in a little while. It's not attacking you. No, it's just all attacking creatures. Yeah, it's yeah, there's more it utility in it than it looks as well. Like it could be your own things, uh, be it if someone's, um, you know, what's the... I haven't played modern for some time, but settle the wreckaging, I guess, is that, is that the one? Yeah. The, pretty much. The white yeah. one? It's too yeah, white, I mean, too colorless. What's that, Jesh? Two white, two colorless. Yeah, yeah. I just remember the the classic LSV play with the settle the wreckage, wasn't it? Like he bluffed, and it's like one of the great bluffs in the game. Um, the settle the wreckage is that was an excellent card, wasn't it? I haven't seen this in play. Yeah, right? excellent. It's I have two seen white, two colors. Uh, exile all of your opponent's attacking creatures. They can go and search for a land for each uh, creature exiled this way. That's right. It does happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it might have been Max Crandell, might have been someone else I was playing. And, uh, yeah, someone settled me. I was like, whoa, I haven't seen that card for a while. But, yeah, it does work in Commander and it happens. And you're like, oh, I had I had uh, answers for most things, you know, indestructibility, hexproof, whatever. But then you get settled or wreckaged and it's like, oh, that hits on an axis I wasn't really ready for. So, yeah, Aetherize kind of can actually even uh, hit on that, that axis too. Um, what was it? I was just having a look at, uh, yeah, in a weird, you know, man, I'm talking, going on tangents, but uh, in in the weird um, tangent of and, and related sphere of settle the wreckage is cool instance that you you use use doing uh, during combat, and the one I've seen once or twice, but I think needs to see some more plays come up and that three and a white instant, um, and I don't know where the price is and if it fits in budget realm, but don't I mean, I don't is. see it much. Yeah, Damn, that one's it's, a little uh, pricey just because of like how how much of a blowout that card is like if you're able to do oh, that correctly yeah. that's like you know pay whatever mana kill a player <laughs> it's really good yeah 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 and it was such a forgotten card and i think it's gone up a bit recently because like, oh people are like oh yeah, it's like blowout card amazing 
Yeah, prevent all damage that would be dealt to you and planeswalkers you control this turn and by sources you don't control. If oh yeah, you. So I mean you're doing that way, you can't do it to someone else. If damage from a creature source is prevented this way, uh deals that much damage to that creature. If damage would be from a non-creature source of prevent Yeah, it, it it does it to its control. But like far out, that's um yeah, that's that's actually a bit more powerful than I thought. <laughs> that's a time for sure. Um, the uh, the other one I was going to say, I actually picked this card up the other day when you talk about Aetherize, uh, and and maybe I'd seen it, maybe not, but it, it just like I was like, wait a second, there's there's Aetherize, and if you really want to run a second Aetherize, there's Aether Spouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's my preferred an- version of the two. Another mana, and I was just looked. I'm like, wait a second, uh, maybe it's me like playing this game for more and more years and realizing that something on the top or the bottom of the library is very very like powerful. If it's if it's a way to get rid of things that maybe couldn't be get like you know gotten rid of before, or like the reanimation deck might have a, tr- a, a hard time doing it, whatever. But basically, it's aetherized for each uh, attacking creature. Its owner puts it onto the top or bottom of of their library, so they get to choose, of course. But um, if they choose, I think they're incentivized to go bottom, but um, even top, it's kind of like time walking them a little bit, which is really interesting. So um, yeah, that's a time for sure. And that's only five mana, so yeah. Love it, love it. Um, what I was gonna say, I uh, I had a deck. Uh, well, I still do, but um, I got th- it got me thinking about all the big instants to possibly run uh, because of things like Spellweaver Volute is one of my weird favorites, being that you cast a sorcery and it casts an instant from your graveyard. It's such a weird um, card. It's like it's such an enchant aura <laughs> on one of your like instant or sorceries. It's so weird. Yeah, yeah. It's such a weird card, and I only got it from, uh, of course, Mystery Boosters, and I'm like, wait a second. And then the, the cool little loop, uh, as long as you've got two instants in your graveyard, it doesn't exile them, so it can flicker between the two. So um, uh, it's that's a fun way to do it. But it was that and also, uh, what's the one from Kaladesh, the big... Um, I call it Fat, Ma- Fat Caster Mage, because it's just a big robot. Um, oh, uh, Combustible Gear <laughs> Hold. Yeah, or, or the blue one, sorry. The, oh, uh, oh, oops, oh ter- Torrential. Um, torrential, torrential, yeah. But yeah. Torrential yeah, Gearhawk. Yeah. Um, Combustible is the one I've got to get. But Torrential Gearhawk as well. There's a few cards that just care about casting an instant as if it's a downside because, um, you know, that they're usually the, the smaller costed ones. But I, I've got a big interest in really high mana instants uh, as, first of all, a flexible way to do things but can be hit off those cards kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, my Jorian Polymorph deck has a package of those and Aetherize recently just jumped in. Aether Spouts was in there. Uh, there's some really interesting stuff. So, um, oh, the other one was, I'm, I'm going off on, uh, you know, some other cards I had yeah, in front of me it. today. That No, no, I was, I was just like, it, it just kept me thinking down these lines. Aether Snatch was another weird one I just found. Where it was like four blue, blue, uh, instant gain control of target spell. You may choose new targets for it. So that's that's kind of just a mind control on a spell before it even hits, and it can be anything essentially, which is a very interesting kind of switch around. So um, speaking yeah, of blue cards and you know uh, tangents, Andy, how about wrong turn? Can can you tell us about <laughs> yes, wrong turn? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you want me to tell you how awesome it is? Because it's yeah, really you awesome. love that card. I You're do. Really it's such a yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite card. cards from Commander Legends, and. Uh, Thankfully, mm. it is uh, it is budget friendly, so um, you're going to be seeing it. You're going to be seeing it in several games. I've I've already seen it. I I don't like it. <laughs> you, you you stole my uh, what was it? You you stole Malcolm from me and and gave it to, oh, gave no. it to Caleb. It was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went and let it die, and then you got to get it back from your command zone. I was like, why? We need him to not have that, but. 
Oh, well, I didn't have control of it. So. Yeah. I want to see somebody, you know, cast that in Dralnu and just, oh, Blasma sacked on the stack. Like, oh, wrong turn. You can have Dralnu sack 13 permanent. See you later. Oh, <laughs> snap. Yeah, yeah. That is, that's a perfect way to use it. And I think that's, that's the thing with that card. I, I saw it and remember it, uh, it got, um, like, spoiled or whatever. And I'm like, that's such a commander card. That makes me happy because there's, there's not, like, the obvious way to use it for just your advantage. Like, it really does incentivize a conversation, first of all. And a power shift on the table, which is really fun. And then usually between two other players. And then also like the whole thing, if someone's, someone's attacking you with a big beefy and then you wrong turn it, I mean, as far as I know, it's not really attacking anymore. It's kind of someone controls it, right? Is that the way it would work or is it still attacking? Uh, no, it's, take, um, it's taken out of combat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Like, so there's things there. It's like, well, there's a, first of all, it got rid of the thing that would potentially kill me and then it puts it... Uh, as as cutely as it, it is, is shown in the art, it's like the monster just appears somewhere else. And it's like, what the hell? I, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing, and and I'm really happy to see so much in that set that that really did capture the the you know very like hard of commander uh a, a lot of nice fun casual commander. Uh, I don't know if you use casual as, as much of the word these days, but you know. I think a lot of us agree it's fun commander or like social commander, but like those kind of cards that aren't, they're not so obviously about that high powered thing immediately. It's more giving you very interesting options and interactions kind of thing that has a charm to it for sure. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I was going to say anything else um, that you guys have found in Commander Legends now that we I haven't talked about that set for a little while, but we're, we're still seeing it have absolute ripples through, you know, what we've been uh, building, playing, whatever. Oh, there's, Go ahead, Andy. There's, there's so much in that set to talk about. Oh, I yeah. mean, uh, wow, from a budget standpoint, I ha- I've barely begun to really uh, dabble in it. There's the, one thing that I'm kind of addicted to right now is using uh, cheap rares that do something very specific and kind of different. Mm. And I think Commander Legends gave us quite a few of those. Um, absolutely some of the yeah. will cards like obviously jessica's will is not not budget because <laughs> certain podcasts out, said it was really good and then it like quadrupled in price <laughs> well, overnight and uh but, i still don't think it's the best will but that's that's not me that's that's fine you know like it's mm. but uh yeah there's there's those there's uh so much it's just not even uh, come into my mind right now but there's there's a lot of good uh, cheap rare cards in there that I'm going to be uh, I'm going to definitely be playing with in upcoming episodes. Yeah, nice. And I think yeah, okay, so I'm much of that set. Of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So much of that set is really really affordable at the moment. There's like amazing cards that do something pretty crazy that I think I feel like a few years back uh we would be like oh that's an a, like what an incredible effect on the game that's a 10 dollar card mm-hmm. and and there's so much of that it feels like in that set and and uh, as i was saying i feel i honestly feel the uh, acroma's will is like maybe one of the craziest things <laughs> like it's just that just gets it done and and shout out to um uh commander central doing one of their latest episodes was just looking at ways to uh you know close out games with combat damage and and just all the all the great cards around that and that even if if people starting to feel like oh combat damage isn't really done that much anymore you kind of win on the table and and yeah sorry you win with with effects and you know building engines and weird things and and combos and it's like no you know you still got to get it done with with combat and you know there's there's big game finishes but yeah i played 
a chroma's wheel for the first time the other day and i actually did it defensively too because it's like oh there's that indestructible clause on mm-hmm. it but um it just does everything I, I i i'm actually astounded how powerful that card is for so many different situations like you it's the kind of card you want to see more than anything else in your deck just to like just to finish that game off it's amazing so um yeah also you guys played with soul of eternity yet I keep going no. on about that card. Um, <laughs> every time I see Soul of Eternity, I get that itch. Like, you, you ever mm. build a commander deck where, like, or you brew one, you're like, okay, one of these days I'm going to pull the trigger and I'm going to build this deck. Brian Stoutarm oh, yeah. has always been that commander yeah. for me. And so I saw Soul of Eternity, I'm like, is this it? Like, are we doing this right yeah, now? Yeah. And I'm not there yet, but I'm very close. We've, we've got another Sarah Avatar, essentially. Exactly. And that was like, the, I've said before, it's like, that was one of those cards when I started playing Command. I'm like, what? That surely doesn't do what I think it does. It's like, no, that's a 40-40. <laughs> and it's like, and it was like fairly costed at like a stupid amount. And, you know, it had the clause about can't be like dumped in your graveyard to abuse it and everything. And then they just printed another one that is literally like 50 cents now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's like, it's it's powerful depending on what you do with it. But it is just a big, dumb 40-40 beater or in in the right circumstances it's 200 200 like it's it's that kind of thing uh and and you know and then it has doesn't have that whole downside can be just dumped in the graveyard and re reanimates itself like it's just got that if you want to do it and you get three copies of it what was it what's that mechanic it's got encore oh my (laughs) goodness why no it was yeah it's an absurd card i love it i've been flushing it down some altars of dementia lately and it's yeah it's a good time so um yeah i i keep going on about that card but not that i ever think it's going to be a five ten dollar card it's just a big goofy fun card that you know strikes fear into some people they like i have to answer this or else yeah it's it's coming at me if it's got trample or flying or anything so um yeah good good time for sure um i was gonna say i alluded to it before but um i mean coldheim is almost among us and uh we've we've got cards coming up but um do you guys see anything you're excited to build from coldheim oh boy andy i'm gonna let you um take that one i think you're a little higher on the set than i am yeah (laughs) i think i am um i I'm very tempted on uh, building the new Tybalt, the flip, the Valky yeah, God yeah. of Lies, Tybalt Cosmic Imposter. Uh, I'm, I'm, I might end up building that one. I, th- I think Tybalt is just so much fun because I, I, I enjoy casting other people's stuff from other zones. Um, I like that a lot better than just stealing things outright. I like to get it from like you know top of their library or exile or whatever Tharda uh, from their library yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> soul ring tribal <laughs> yeah exactly sonic sonic the hedgehog stealing yeah all the rings exactly it's 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 a good time but yeah um and and that being sometimes the, the thing that people take they're like oh they get really upset about it and it's like oh it wasn't in your hand i wasn't like you know or stealing it off the table two for one it's like you you didn't have it it was just in your library i just got it exactly yeah, that's a uh, uh, yeah. Burgie is good. God of storytelling, one that gives you a red oh, mana yeah, yeah. every time you cast a spell. That's that seems like a lot of fun. I, for- I forgot about that. Yeah, whenever you cast a spell at red until end, yeah, and the until end of turn, you don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. So it it does. Oh, it does empty at the end of the turn mm-hmm. though. Yeah, okay, that's the way I read that. You know, the dragon from was it Zendikar, the mythic one. 
I really, for some reason, my mind just said, oh, that's it. It pours out at the end of the turn. All that oh, red mana, line tyrant, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And I really thought that's how it was worded, but like, no, it's, it's got the Omnath effect, but it just keeps the red mana around. Interesting. Uh, Nick, you liked um, that uh, that is it giant wizard guy? Yeah, if it's got red and blue in it, like I'm all about it. So, um, oh, yeah. I, I am gonna brew a decker, and I've actually almost finished my my brew. Um, but it's more than likely it's gonna go into my is it legends deck, which is just every single legal is it legend pairing that you can do. So it, it's oh, cool. it's not a good deck. I don't know what the win condition even is. I think it's like <laughs> dragon shift or something to make them all four four dragons. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i'm just oh, gonna jam amazing. it in there because that's uh that's what we're here to do yeah that is cool what is yeah one it's just a nice lean one and it's a three mana three three whenever a creature or planeswalker an opponent controls is dealt excess damage if a giant wizard or spell you control dealt damage to that this turn draw a card yeah if you that's cast blasphemous act I, you just draw your whole deck it's cool <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 uh to the wow far out that's actually really good <laughs> I, I love how they're playing with like excess damage a little bit lately. It's it's been a very interesting one, and and I mean, uh, hopefully this is still in your budget realm. But I, I imagine if you guys are playing anything with trample and anything with green, uh, ram through is making it in. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's another card. Um, card. I, I guess we forgot we forgot about, or at least I forgot about. Um, every time I see it played, and Andy plays it a lot because he's he's all about green. It just yep. surprises me because I look. You look at it right, and you're like, eh, it could be good. And just every time, you know, in practice, it's just it's a house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I just want to give a solve eternity trample. I was like, oh yeah, well, oh, you block no. it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I just have a look at the other one, Furia, Judge of Vela, the the Orzov one. Um, Chesh, it might be time to build another Orzov Angel. This has like an is it ability. Oh, no. You see that one? Yeah. Whenever it does. you cast your second spell each turn, look at the top three cards of the library, put one of them into your hand and we're resting your graveyard. It's like, what's that doing on an Orzov card? It's it's super strange anyway. It's um Because oh, well, it has black. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um yeah, it's 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 a pretty nifty one actually. Because um, the the dumping into the discard pile of the graveyard is yeah. is clearly black, but you're right. It it if anything, it, this is kind of like a, a blue red black ability. Yeah, um, yeah, rather exactly. Than Ozov. So I don't know what the white part of this ability is probably supposed to be. The angel and the lifelink and the cleric and yeah, all that stuff. But um, yeah, but that's not <laughs> everything so but the card. That's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe the art. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> everything that doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the one thing you've got to remember is, so going by the design philosophy that Wizards have outlined, they reckon that the ability on the card over everything else should be matching to the colors of the card itself. Yeah, that's what I felt, actually. this matches yeah. the black side, but not the white side. No, so I, I get the fact that it's an angel and it's lifelink and whatever else, but none of that, or cleric, whatever, that, none of that shit matters. Yeah. The ability itself is not the ability of an Orzov card, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, and it's it's really felt that way. Uh, like you say, very recently, that it might be something like here's a here's a Naya card, and it's got three activated abilities: one's red, one's green, one's white, and each one is just very clearly a thing. Or like, I guess Kenrith's like the best example of that. You you just look at it; it's like, oh, the each of those abilities have like it's that's where it came from. And sometimes it is a keyword, like the one keyword represents one of the colors, one the other, but it's always. It has been very, very clearly that way for the most part, and that one seems like a very 
interesting break of that for sure. And I mean, to the point where I'm like, that's just, I, I play Jorian. I love Jorian. And like, mm. that's just kind of Jory and on, a, on an angel in Orzov in, in colors, Jory isn't even. So yeah, very strange. Yeah. There, there's um, all that talk about, oh, we didn't get white any card draw. Like, look at this thing. Yeah. You draw yeah, three yeah, exactly. cards if you're using your graveyard. White card draw. It's yeah. right there. Come on, people. <laughs> Uh, I, and it's yeah, yeah. I won't I won't I won't really ever get involved in that argument because it's like it, things exist. Uh, maybe it's not Simic, I know that, but like things exist, they're just a bit harder to get to, and you're gonna have to get a bit more creative. <laughs> like there, there's just interesting ways to do things. But um, I mean, I said it before, there's a there's a really nice um, ramp piece in in white uh, in this set actually. The where was it? Uh, Is it out of the, the commander set. deck? uh maybe it actually is oh yeah i never know with is these that dwarf check it or whatever oh no not that one it was um the pegasus so uh as i love i love a, a cheap flyer that does something the starnham corsa so the the pegasus for two and a white two two flying artifact and enchantment spells you cast cost one less to cast so oh whoa yeah, that's really good just, yeah so um as i said like chain of commander did a uh, video this morning uh it came out this morning about just like the cool commons in this set that i hadn't even looked all the way through and i was like oh yeah, you're right. Artif- it's usually artifact. It's usually enchantment, like one or the other or auras or something like that to have a reduction to. We've seen that before. And I think that's where sometimes you get some of your ramp value if you're running, say, mono white. But this one has both artifact enchantments. So I think Gorgeous Heart too is really nice. But um, you expect to see this beautiful uh, flying horsey on, um, you know, on those kind of de- like in those decks that care about artifacts or enchantments. So um love that one to bits. Oh, there's another commander I forgot about. Um that i think it's probably the the first one i'll build vega the watcher one white blue oh the so bird it, yeah that's yeah a, that goes the owl. I like it. it it's got it's got its uh it's like the three-eyed raven oh i just realized why yeah yeah okay being snowy and nordic and all that stuff feeling a little bit that way a bit of game of thronesy um but uh i think i i also like the fact that we're kind of mostly looking at these like uncommon commanders that are you know i I do like this trend forward of just cool interesting uh commanders at the uncommon slot where you're just going to be able to get your hot like your hands on them it's it's you know they're they're accessible whatever and but they're not watered down to have an ability that is lukewarm or not very good or anything like that so vega is um it's just, it's a bit like jewelry, actually, in, in, in a weird way. It's just like the type of effect that's not like game-breakingly powerful, but it just helps you along the way and you can do interesting w- things with it. But it's got flying uh, whenever you cast a spell from anywhere other than your hand, draw a card. So I think that one's really cool in that it's it's geared towards Fortel, of course, in the set, but there's lots of other weird things you can do, casting things from Exile and your graveyard or the top of your library or one of my favorites like rebound as well is a really cool one so you pair it with Ooh. um is it tigum no tigum the um did i get that name right tigum tigum the the blue white dragon yeah monk. yeah oh uh yeah, yeah tigum ojatai master i did trust trust your soul sam you know it um Tigum Ojatai Master is the one that gives instant sorcery and dragon spells. Oh, it can't be counted by spells or abilities, but instants and sorceries have, uh, if they're cast from your hand, they have rebound. And I think even that's actually a pretty cool commander. I wouldn't mind kind of brewing together for a bit of fun, but that's the type of thing. You just chuck that in the deck as well. You're drawing cards off it. It's just a nice little engine. It's, it's really nice. So, yeah, I dig it. Dig it. Yeah, that trend so- of um, uncommon commanders. When did that start? I think it was... 
Probably Dominaria. Dominaria, probably, yeah. Well, yeah. And, um, like, like, and, and, and you're right, those aren't watered down. They're, they're super good. Like, if you've ever seen Sir Conrad, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Like, that thing's oh, a yeah, It's just gonna, yeah. it's gonna wreck your face. That's what it does. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> like, um, the, the stuff from the Commander Legends. last episode, just last weekend, we did Uncommon Commanders. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And, like, one of my favorites ever being Sachi, uh, Daughter of Sashiro, which is uh, just a super wacky one. Turns all your shamans into double mana dogs, which is weird. But um, you right, I forgot. I mean, that aside, I kind of forgot about Kamigawa tried that out exactly because it was a legendary kind of, yeah. had a bit of a legendary theme mm-hmm. in that. And, um, yeah, I'm glad they're, they're kind of still doing it because, uh, like, boy, does it give us some options for sure. You got to put that, um, you got to put that with that Arkelos because um, it's a turtle shaman. Tap it for two oh, mana. Yeah. Oh, now it's tapped. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. So that's what I was going to ask Andy as a as a Saltai <laughs> uh, enthusiast. Have have you done? And I've been asking a few people this, and I'm I'm kind of, in a way, I'm glad because I kind of want to brew it. And I usually, if I see something around too much, I'm like, oh, I don't really that that you know wears off, whatever. Um, but have have you thought about Arcalos in any way doing anything cool, Saltai? You know, um, <laughs> to Nick's point, I have brewed quite a few Saltai decks this year. And it's because of that that I didn't try to brew Arcalos. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> I most definitely me, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I still don't know the route yet I would take, and I'm, I'm keen to see the way people go. I know um, I'm pretty sure Coach Davey's going to brew it um, in that I kept going. Uh, he's from uh, – he went to University of Maryland, and I keep saying, go Terrapins. And uh, so I was like, do the, do the Arcalos deck. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to. But I, um, I'm interested to see how he would tackle it, and I'm interested to see how you would tackle it because – uh, I don't know. I don't know. Chesh, were you saying you just see all you see on Arcalos is just like uh, kind of stasising people? <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. I just see it as a stasis. <laughs> which is not the way I'd take it, but you know, I'd probably be more of a friend to all until I'm not. So um, yeah, I don't <laughs> no, know. keep keep it tapped. Keep the table in rage. Yeah, exactly. And just, which is why yeah, I'll never play it. Time moves slow, says the turtle. And yeah, I, I think it's it's cool though. And like a lot of those things. Actually, I'm I'm pretty sure the turtle said time. <laughs> moves slow it's, okay great it's got some um it's got some flavor text on it that is very funny and i've read it out when i played it on um uh colin o'clock's uh sealed stream and i was oh, what was it it worked very well because it's the type of thing you can read you can play the commander you can do the thing and you read the flavor text and it fits in really well with what you're doing i've just got to find the card give me one second because it's it's very it's perfect uh I don't think it's on the. I do have an edge foil, and I don't think it's on that. So, um, oh, it might may not be. But uh, here we go. It says, oh, "Yeah, so life ellipsis dot 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 is not dot 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 a race." <laughs> <laughs> so you keep saying you keep saying that to people. It's like, yeah, slow them down. And people seem to get. We talked about it before, but it seems that people seem to get a little bit like touchy when you're like making their stuff come in tapped. Um, which I don't think's the most like. Uh, abusive or like you know crazy powerful effect or anything but it's like the whole the mill thing and also the like using other people's permanence they just it has a way to kind of rile people up a little bit they're like we've got to get rid of that turtle because it's somehow and like you know disrupting my game plan i'm like i don't think it is <laughs> it really isn't it's just slowing things down a little bit but you can still do your thing but um yeah um it is what it is basically you gotta so, run some vehicles yeah. with that well, yeah, that's that's the fun one. And I was like, yeah, actually, just just work on tapping stuff. And it's something I learned with Skeleton Ship that running the effects of like cards that just want to be tapped 
uh, is really cool. And I know people can do like the Boros vehicle deck. That's one thing. But I think Saltai has some even cooler stuff, be it like King Makar and um, Arbiter of the Ideal and, you know, that kind of stuff. And Arkelos, of course. And yeah. So, that I mean, I thought I'd see an, an Arkelos vehicle deck just, you know, around, but haven't yet. So, anyway. And we've got a boat commander, so you know, there's. I think the pieces are kind of starting to pull together. We're getting more vehicles, so I don't know. What did maybe, you call it? Maybe I do the that. Omelet? The omen kill. <laughs> yeah, the omen with kill. the Lisa Frank oh. art. Yeah. Yeah. Where is it? Cosima, God uh, of the I just voyage. want to have fun. That's the one. It could be anything. It could be a boat. It's fantastic. Yeah, you get a boat on the other side. Oh, that art. Yeah, that art's amazing. With the dolphins and all that. It's so funny. (laughs) Exactly. Well, yeah, that's got skeleton ship vibes because skeleton ship has dolphins with skeletons on it. What? Really? Yeah, it's... Skeleton ship does have dolphins on it. Yeah, check it out. So, um, uh, I believe it does. Maybe I'm just thinking of the turtles. I play the commander. I should know this. Oh, whoa, it does. Yeah, so that's, that's... A lot of people don't think that's magic art. They're like, is that, a, is that like a weird proxy? It's like, no. <laughs> that's the, that's the Amy Weber and Tom Viner's trained art. It's amazing. But that skull, the skeleton in the top left, I've said it before, it's like that energy on that guy. <laughs> just, <laughs> just riding the turtle. The best time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the Omen Kill one with the dolphins on it. Uh, and, and it's a great piece of art. It's really lovely and awesome. But it's got also that vibe of just like, you know, you went to uh, SeaWorld or something and you got a cool, like, T-shirt. <laughs> it's just, like, it's got the dolphins on it. It's like, yeah. I I, I miss I miss SeaWorld. Actually. I never got to go, Chesh. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What's uh... I miss all of those places. Yeah. Is that weird? Like... Well, you grew up on the Gold Coast, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I did, actually, yes. Um, uh, but the, the bigger thing is the fact that, like, I just, I kind of miss theme parks. And yeah. I hate theme parks, but I miss theme I don't understand why. Mm. I don't like the, like, shitty, the shitty rides that are all like, ah, jump on this ride, it'll make you scared. Like, yeah. I don't want to be scared. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I, <laughs> I am tall enough man, to ride this ride. Cloud. <laughs> I'm, well, that's probably one of the parts of the reasons that I, I really don't like this, the quote-unquote scary rides is because I'm pretty tall. Mm. I mean, you're, you're actually pretty tall yourself, Sam. We're both about the same height. But I haven't been to so, a theme park since I was... Uh... It's been a time. Like, a time. <laughs> it's been a time. I think the last time I went actually was when uh, myself and Hayden were still living on the Gold Coast. So yeah. that would have been nine years ago. Um, and we went for one of the Fright Nights at Movie World. Yeah. How did we get onto this? Uh, I'm because so the Omen Kill looks like... Because I was going to get into <laughs> on this too because I, I'm <laughs> always fascinated to hear. Uh, I know a lot of uh, people I talk to or follow uh, in the States will even talk, you know, about what Disney means to them, like the land world. I don't know what to call it or anything, but, um, you know, I mean, we got there. Do you guys have, did you guys have any particular like theme park things growing up or anything that you, you have there? I don't know what's in Wisconsin or you travel across country to go do any of those places or not, not kind of your well, thing. Well, we've got we have, Great um, America. The Dells? Ooh. Great America's right, uh, right underneath us there in uh, Northern Illinois. That was always kind of our go-to in the summer. That's just a... It's just a roller coaster park, part of the uh, Six oh, yeah, Flags yeah. establishment. They have different. Ah, there you yeah. go. That's how I know Six Flags from roller coaster type. I was just about so, to uh, say. Yeah. Right on. 
Yeah, nice, nice. And so you get your inverted little ones and you, yeah, oh, okay, that actually looked pretty extreme. And, and like I feel most things in, you know, we've got some okay things in Australia. And I, Chesh, actually, I can't really speak to um, experience of all the, the, it's usually all in Queensland, uh, up in the, the tropical area where, where Chesh was talking about. We have some theme park like precincts. But I, still, you see pictures of the places in the States. You know, like, oh, my God, this <laughs> is like a Six Flags. Hmm. <laughs> That's some extreme stuff, man. <laughs> Far out. Yeah, that's got everything. What were you going to say, Church? Oh, there's like eight different theme parks up there mm-hmm. um, of varying degrees. Like you have the main ones, which is like Dream World, Water World, Sea World. Um, Movie World? Dream World, Water World. The sea Warner World, Brothers one? Movie World. Where you go hang out with Batman? Yep. Yeah. So there's four. Then you have um, Steve Irwin's. Whatever the shit it's called that no one cares about. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Animal World. Or That's five. Yeah. And then there's three lesser known ones. Uh, one of them is Tank World. What? I'm not Tank kidding. World? It's a military It's a military site. Yeah. I think uh, me and my brother-in-law were going to go to that for some stuff. reason. It was just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a plastic Luger from there when I was a kid that shoots what? plastic pellets. Yeah, we weren't um, allowed to have like things <laughs> depicting guns as kids. Yeah. And, and well, I, I see why. Those are now yeah, banned. So, Tank World. yeah. Um, and then there is um, an aquarium on the Gold Coast. Um, there's Ripley's Believe It or Not. Oh, yep, yep. Oh, that's a throwback. Actually, there's Jeez. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there sure. is I was gonna say uh, Seagull the World Arcade in... World, which I don't think is open anymore. Yep. I was going to say Seagull no, World Seagull in Sydney. Seagull World was Sydney, and yeah. that, that closed... 15, at least 15 years ago, maybe more. It sure maybe 20 did. years ago. That was the time. Um yeah, one of my friends used to work there. He said it was crazy. Hmm. Um, and then there's one else that I can't remember, and I'm pretty sure it's owned by Clive Palmer, so it doesn't matter. So let's not Gross. Talk about yeah, it. don't don't go there. <laughs> that's there's Australia- a lot in Queensland, surprisingly. That's some Australian politics you don't want to get into, yeah. and it's just like that. Ah, we'll move away from that for sure. For sure. I worked um, at Six Flags. What so? Yes. All right. Like we're getting here. Yes, we've got a lot of commander chat out of the way today, which is fantastic, <laughs> and we can keep talking about it. But like. I'm I'm gonna always pursue a tangent. I want to hear some stories about what happened at Six Flags. You so, went. I'm I'm guessing first of all before you get into it, the the whole I've you know I worked a little bit of retail, but I know people at work hospitality tell me those kind of environments you see every facet of human existence in a way that will always shock you every single day, and people acting like non-humans. You're just like what? So I'm. Is that is that the story here? Well, kind of, sort of. So I, I actually worked <laughs> for a third-party company uh, that partnered with Six Flags, and I was yeah. a wizard. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. So I had to dress up, you know, in, like, b- heeled boots and, like, a cloak and, <laughs> and all this stuff. And I would, like, I was a barker, so I'd bark at people, you know, tell them, like, yeah. hey, come over and, you know, play this game and stuff. It's awesome. You know, is doing that, that like, 90-degree weather, just, like, oh, it isn't yeah. the greatest. <laughs> I would say, I mean, we've I've heard Spruker, but yeah, that makes sense, or like a greeter, or whatever you call it on um on 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 uh, roller coaster tycoon when you employ well, them in your park. You need the panda guy, yeah, to, you know, or the tiger, the elephant, the entertainer. So, and then you dock their wages because they aren't doing a good job. Show, uh, it's generally a barker. If you are uh, working in retail, um, it's a greeter because you're greeting at the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spruker usually comes with sales. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, I've been a barker before at shows. 
with carnies. So oh, there you go. So yeah, Barker is what's called. Some, cool. some of yeah. those carnies are really dangerous, but a lot of them are really nice people. Parts <laughs> <laughs> of gold, but yes, yes, go on, Nick, for sure. Yeah, and so like I thought it was kind of really demeaning until um, you know later on in the summer we had a new guy come in and then he was the Barker and I'm like oh hey so like what do you do and he's like oh I'm a law student at Harvard I'm like this yeah, is awesome yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly uh, like, so you just get people from all walks of life on that and, like as as you were saying you just you, you get some you get some of the best and worst of humanity I think like yeah, at a theme park. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna say, especially I think at a uh, at a theme park when it's 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 families with their kids, and it's just like that can be. And my my experience growing up was just like, well, nothing, you know, uh, nothing makes your your you know your parents or your family a little bit like shitty when uh, there's like a, a big crowd or like a place where you know you're trying to go and meet an objective, like go to this thing, and and there's just like all of a sudden process or crowds get in the way and it becomes what should be a really happy time and it turns into an absolutely like all of a sudden your parents are just so stressed and you can tell and the energy sucks and like you get onto the ride finally and you're like, I'm not even having fun anymore and I don't know why because I'm a kid. Like it's just like I, I, the in, the energy changed and yeah, exactly. And so I think the worst, like I say, of, of, of that is when people then take it out on people working at places is is just the most like you know thing i'm so against it's not funny it's just like just don't like everyone's a person remember like don't you ever forget that and when people go oh i expect this there's like an entitlement as well and you know it just it just really sucks for, for sure but yeah no thanks for the story about the, the six flags it's um <laughs> you're a wizard <laughs> yeah who to know I, I, I was a certified wizard once yeah it explains why he likes yeah, exactly. wizards so much yeah. Is it wizard? Yeah. Do you play Adelaide? Um. So yeah, it's. I, I guess I'll put it this way, just to answer all the questions at once. Yeah. I have, I have brewed and built and played every single is it like commander and color like you know partner combination. I've done Ooh. it all. Dang. Dang. Except for the new and, one. And what, Quite the flex. Oh, I was gonna say, Zara, but yeah, I just Zara, yeah. I, I like it. I like is it? Yeah. No, is it's amazing. Um, I, I was saying, uh, and and, and um. Something I remember wanting to build was that um, Tibor and Lumia. I think uh, I'm like, oh, cool! You just just put a basilisk collar on on them, and like, yeah, just, just do the thing, and everything dies. And like, I can't remember. It might, it might have been Sheepwave like said about like, oh, built deck, awesome. Not playing it again. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those <laughs> things wasn't... where it's like, oh, I can do this really overpowered thing, and you you execute the plan. And you're like, okay, well, this isn't fun. Like, nobody <laughs> yeah. can do anything, and I'm only have like this. This three three flyer that's going to take me ninety turns to kill the table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wondered that too. With uh, as I said before, I've kind of got a uh, half built deck of Zagros, friend of goblins, and uh, that I think Zagros or Death Touch just pairs really nicely with um, giving all your your goblin stuff, be it the goblin bombardment or, or whatever, or whip. the one the things that do the damage from yeah. the goblin on the way out. You know that it's like oh, that's a cool synergy. Uh, and I've I've never built a goblin deck. I got to do it. Uh, and then I was I was just, I was reading Andy's article about building Zagros and that big old like you know buy beware warning. It's just like you you you're gonna do this in this way, and you're gonna get all those death triggers. Yeah, you, you may not make some friends. Like <laughs> it's, just, it's just like from using like a is it Guilds of Ravnica or whatever like uncommon that dagger cast that looks like uh, oh dark, the Vishino. Yeah, it looks like Dark Kermit, and it's just like, <laughs> hey, it's, like yeah, it's just like bang. 
<laughs> and people are like, what? Yeah, no, exactly. So it's 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 the one that like you better like follow that up with, um, you know, proceed to win the game or else you're just going to piss people off for a while. And I, I wonder if that was the case. But um, yeah, no, Sagris is a weird one. Um, I was going to say uh, back to uh, back to like weirdly enough uh, theme park chat nice. that um, it's like Roller Coaster Tycoon was also like a like always just a influential game for me for sure like love it my wife loves it to bits we we've played it for years but um i saw the other day did you guys ever get into um uh what's the new one planet coaster i say new it's been out for years but like yeah i did um during quarantine at least i tried it. hell yeah 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 I'm, um I'm still, was that like i i had to put it down just because i didn't get it so i, I built a new pc yeah. this year um you know hey. one to like you know do do better scrap trawler stuff right um, and then to yep. do some PC gaming because I wasn't really ready for the next the, the next gen consoles, uh, the new Xbox and PlayStation and all that. Yeah, um, true. And the first game I I installed on my computer, like on my brand new spanking computer, Roller Coaster Tycoon Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It barely yeah, yeah, yeah. run because exactly. it was so I, the, the old. Isometri- uh, isometric graphics and everything, and it's like, yeah, that's that's charming. There's I something so that. aesthetically pleasing about like isometric anything, and I don't know why because like I never. Like, aside from Roller Coaster Tycoon, I didn't grow up playing those games. Like, I didn't play Diablo or any of that stuff. Mm. And I don't know what it is. It's just, it looks really nice. Yeah, no, I, I've tried to boil that down, too. I'm like, I don't actually know what quite why it is. And it can go back to, like, the Super Nintendo 16-bit stuff, and it's it's a little bit spritey, and you definitely see that in a few games these days coming out. They want to emulate that. But I think particularly the isometric stuff always has a place in my heart like i never wanted to go past like age of empires 2 for that region uh reason and same with roller coaster tycoon it's just there's something like chunky and like i don't know it's just pleasing about it for sure it's like it's it's so nice it's like a budget deck right it's just it's so janky like i like this exactly it's got the charm it's got the rough edges but it's like at the same time i see it as very elegant and polished for that reason like it's it's really cool it's not pushing everything I don't know, maybe it's like when Minecraft came out, that was an important time in fidelity of video games. They're like, it was getting to the point where a lot of games were just, especially with new consoles coming out, they were just tech demos, essentially. Like, you know, it could come walking simulators or press X to pay respects type stuff. Like, you know, you're just uh, an interactive movie with some choices, mm-hmm. but like the highest fidelity you could possibly get. And then along comes Minecraft, a game where it's just like, well, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. Uh, it doesn't look amazing doesn't matter like it's just like it's got the most heart and that's kind of what i feel those games maybe but um and then something like hades this year i mean last year is like oh there's that isometric coming in and it can look really delightful oh, we can't get started on hades otherwise i'll never stop <laughs> yeah no 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 it's, 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 i mean I'm, I'm i'm keen to get into some video game stuff anyway because i've heard uh i've heard your chats a little bit in the past maybe on a couple of episodes and whatever but it's a good way to kind of round out, you know, the last entertaining bit of the the, the episode anyway, because usually it'd run through the whole profile gauntlet, uh, but with, with four people, it's, uh, oh, sorry, two guests, it's it's going to be, it'll take forever. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was one that, um, you know, like video games are an influence and um, like we had the chat with, uh, with Lenny last week about how interesting it is, like seeing different influences, sometimes they influence what you know about commander and, and why you, you're interested in that and certain certain aspects of it of course but um no it's oh we keep talking about video games for sure i remember you've um you've you've been into uh dark souls i believe yeah so uh that was something i tried in college i i, I wanted to get it just because all my other friends are talking about it, and that's what you did as a yeah, kid yeah. right um 
couldn't do it just you know kick the crap out of me as it does because you have to <laughs> you have to rethink like everything you have ingrained when you were growing up pl- you know playing video oh, games yeah. as a kid like everything you you know all your muscle memory and everything and how you how you beat a video game you have to throw it out the window it, it's wrong it, mm. it's not going to work in dark souls so it's just yeah, it's a retrainer it, it's something very very satisfying yeah and it's 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 like it's it's self-examining in a weird way once you like it's if you put it on a graph of like uh your internalization in a weird way it's just like i'm i'm bashing against this problem with with ways that other games taught me to which is like it's after a while it's going to give me a hand or like it will it will submit and kind of you know drop its guard and let me through kind of thing but not this game and it's not going to help you it's like it's like no that's not the way to do it madness is trying the same thing the same way without reconsidering it you know and expecting a different outcome this right. is like there's still some there's persistence of course but you it's it is about re-examining and going well maybe i take it this way and like try a different strategy and it's like yes that's right you've got to you know think alternatively but yeah i i like the fact you got to the point where it is and people still call me crazy for this but no souls fan will uh will will say it it's uh you know you're crazy for enjoying a game that is like, like you're a masochist like you enjoy the pain of like that i'm like no you get to the point where it's satisfying mm-hmm. you get to the point where it's zen and um even to the point where you know if i'm having trouble with something in life i often go to a souls game to kind of make a little triumph in something i can control uh that is very difficult but it's like you you do it and you know okay i feel like i'm a bit more i'm in control of some things and you know there is ways out of difficult situations, you know, and it is satisfying because, and it wouldn't be satisfying if it wasn't so difficult. So, yeah. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong. Um, uh, I was listening to one of your, one of your other, um, your other episodes with, with Lenny, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think you and, uh, Chesh are the same, uh, like parallel as, uh, as Andy and I, where, you know, maybe you're more on the video game side and, uh, you know, Andy and Chesh are more on the on the board game side. Is that right? Probably. Chesh plays a lot of video games, don't you, Chesh? That is 100% correct, yes. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, Andy has, uh, uh, I don't know, from what I've seen, like a pretty uh, pretty good board game collection. Andy, you want to wanna tell us what you got? Oh, all of mm. it? Yeah, yeah, I got the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a very large shelf of board games. Yeah, Hi-Ho Cheerio games. and all that. No, no nice. not that. Although we do, because we have a, we have a little nice. girl, so we do have a lot of kids' games. But they those stay off of my game shelf. All right, I've got my own game mm. shelf. Kid stuff stays separate. But you know, I got I got like all kinds of classics. You know, I've got uh, Dominion. Um, yeah. What else yep. we got? Other good card deck builders like Clank, um, Ticket to Ride. Clank's one. Five tribes. Do you like tickets to ride? Uh, let's see. Roll for it. The game. All, all kinds of stuff. We had like probably a couple hundred games, I think. Oh dang, dang. Yeah, and that's something I'm very keen to. I mean, it was it was. I mean, last year is a type of year that was harder on board games and stuff uh, than than usual, of course, and, and unless you're playing tabletop simulator that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But um, very keen, especially to explore that side, and as why we. I enjoyed that chat last week uh, because I'm only really a novice into the board game sphere. Uh, but exploring that and that, you know, there's you can get something different out of every game. Sometimes there's the, like themes that cross over in a really cool way as well. But um, uh, 
I was going to say, um, I don't know if I've talked to you, Chesh, or, or, or Andy Chomin too, but have you guys ever played Netrunner? Uh, yes, uh, I have. That is one of the board games I I do own, and I know, I mean, there was a bit of a scene in, uh, there's some stuff going on in Melbourne at some stage, and we did have not, championships, did we, or something? Game. It's, a, it's technically not a board game. Oh, no, it's not. It's, it's, a, a, it's a living card game. It's oh, a living card, card game. Ah, Correct. living. Yeah. So, yeah. was that Fantasy LCD. Flight that made those, or...? Uh, originally it was Fantasy Flight, wasn't it? I thought that uh, somebody else took it over. Yeah, I think they did actually, because I can't see the logo on there anymore. Publisher, hold on, Publisher Wizards like, of the Coast. Um, Richard Garfield designed it. What? Yep. Oh. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. That's right. Other way around. Uh, Other way around. As <laughs> intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was shitty as intended. I mean. Oh. What? <laughs> Um, I played it at the professional level for about four years. Yeah, it's daft. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the same with Legend of the Five Rings, which is funny because that's how I know some of the good games um, staff members. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they remember seeing me at Nationals and stuff, which I, I absolutely did not recall until one of them walked up to me, Brian, um, mm. who now works for White Wolf, uh, walked up to me at a PAX and went, hey, Al, it's so good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in like 10 years. And I was like, what? And he's like, you... You, used, you you came down for Nationals. You used to play L5R. And I was like, wait, I played Nationals in L5R down here. <laughs> you never know what's in your own I was drunk for two weeks. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Because I was, I was going through a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, I was absolutely drunk for two weeks and I don't remember the trip. I don't remember making top eight at what? all. I don't even remember what deck I was playing. Like, I was just like, I have no idea what I read. <laughs> we call that in the zone. Yeah. Did you win? Yeah, pretty much. No, no, I made top eight and got knocked out in the first round of the top eight. <laughs> you made top eight? You were even I sober, like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's my card game history. I used to do that with WoW as well. Oh, um, we would We'd go out and get absolutely hammered before a big tournament because it was always my joke of like, and, and Dragon Ball, actually, when yeah. I went to Sydney for um, for their big event. My constant joke is always that um, I play better when I'm inebriated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I play better Dark Souls than I play Commander. But um, yeah, that's another. Yeah, thing. yeah the same thing with bowling, thing. right? You, get, you bowl better when you're, you know, when you have a beer in your other hand. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's like. Um, oh, did, Chesh, did you write that article? I remember years ago. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I went into a. I don't know if it was a Vice article or something weird, but it's just like. Oh, I went to a, uh, a Magic the Gathering tournament, and I think it was Melbourne based, uh, and, and and took acid or something, and it's just like, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> and they, they documented their experiences, and I think they played okay, and it's like, goddamn. So that yeah, like that was. I just remember that. I, I was like, I, well, that's really weird. Like, yeah. Drunk is different. To oh, I know. No, totally, totally. Being on like, you know, psychedelics, <laughs> like basically. warping things. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, imagine being like, uh, you know, paired up against that kind of opponent. You're just like, mm -mm. man, the, the rules have changed. I don't even know who I'm playing against. It's going to go to time. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, exactly. I'd exactly. be so frustrated. I would be like, yep. really? Judge. You're playing this game at this level and you have no idea what you're doing? Like, just get the fuck out. Yeah. Just just get out. Get out. There's, there's surely like a little like, you know, subtle line of text in uh, rules for competition and all that crap anyway, isn't there? Like, you can't be intoxicated or... Nope. Under the, there's not? Nope. Okay. <laughs> mm. yeah, I think it's just I mean, one of those yeah, like community things, right? Like where you just, it feels yeah, bad because upon. like you could have one person who's just, you know, oh, they, they've yeah. put in the time and the money and all that stuff and they prepared and then they're in the top eight and they get paired against just this 
bumbling drunk. <laughs> I mean, like, wait, freaking chance. Like, was this all for nothing? Like, come on, I have to try so That's... hard. <laughs> Oh my God. That, and that's exactly what I'm like. I, I actually, it was the same with one of the wrestling ones, although I do remember that trip. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't that, I was drunk, but not that drunk. Yeah. Um, like, and-, and that was Sydney. And I was playing the Jake the Snake deck, which is a really cool combo deck. Um, I shouldn't say it's really cool. It's frustrating to play against because it had a way of just completely locking your opponent out, depending on what deck they were playing. Mm. Because um, it gets around all their blocks, and if you've ever played WWE Raw Deal, people at home, you'll know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I do, not, I'm not going to explain it. I do love hearing the deck names of when you played the, the wrestling games, like because it's like it's thinking yeah. of like oh, I mean, the name of magic archetypes, and it's like oh, I just played this Jake of the Snake deck. Hell yeah, like that's <laughs> well, cool. Jake the Snake is a wrestler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the the deck name for that deck was the Untouchable. Yeah, because you couldn't actually block any of his attacks. Oh dang! Um, so the the two things the deck would do. So the first one is it's like a would play snake. free low level attacks that that look like they're doing nothing. Yeah. But what you're actually able to do is then it lets you look at your opponent's deck and start removing shit. Oh my so god! So you just remove all their blocks. You just mind and build up to just doing like 14 damage per attack. Dang! And they just just slaughter people. So I slaughtered my way. Uh, that I actually slaughtered all my my way up to top four in that one, Dang. which made me qualify for the US, which was hilarious because then the game died before we got our uh, invites. Oh, ah, wow. Boo. Oh, boo. Yeah. yeah, it was horrible. That's but, some, um, something we like to speak of, of it, like all the death and rebirth of uh, of games uh, Cheshire scene over the years. And I mean, I haven't I've been a lot, around long enough for a lot of these games to see it, but it's it's always an interesting to like see the whole life cycle, especially if people yeah. go, oh, magic's going to die. I'm like, I think this one will take a bit more, but yeah. Yeah, but uh, so the thing with this one was that was uh, Adelaide, actually. Mm. Uh, Sydney and then Adelaide, yes. So we were at SportsCAD Adelaide, um, and I was. this is the second outing of Jake the Snake, so people are starting to know about this deck already. Um, one of the local wrestlers here in Melbourne, um, Yuri the Black, was also playing at that stage, um, who I met in Adelaide, which was hilarious, um, whooped his ass to get into top four, the store then had to close because they didn't have enough time to complete the tournament. Damn. And our flights were out at, I think, 1am from Adelaide. <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking like we've got, I think, four hours before our flights are due. Yeah. So we go down to the corner to the pub and finish up the tournament and keep drinking. Mm. <laughs> and by the time I'm back in Brisbane, I've now been drinking for 48 hours <laughs> water in between of course but i'm absolutely screwed at this point like i get home and i just collapse put my bag on the floor wake up in the morning front doors open <laughs> i've just literally oh, yeah. come in i've done the keys, the keys in the front door, in the door a few door. times but far i've just dropped my bag i've fallen face first on my bed uh, no one else is home nothing's missing at this point which is great um wake up look at my bag and go oh oh that's right I made top four because I've got like play mats and all these prizes sitting in my back. Drunken and it's masters. It's one of those things again. of like, yeah, I used to do it all the time. And it, it, I never did it to detriment of anyone else. Yeah. I always made sure that if I was drinking, that my mind was still working. Yeah. But I can't imagine somebody doing acid like. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's. it's yeah. Mm. yeah I, just, I wouldn't have the cognitive functions under the effects of something like acid mm. to be able to play. 
And I think uh, I have to always say, I mean, there was a bit of drunk chat there, which is, you know, it's all fun and good. But like, like Lexicon say, it's like, yeah, we don't condone drinking here, of course. You know, always everyone if, if is, reacts different. That I, kind don't, of thing, but yeah. I don't really drink anymore. Exactly. At all. I was going to say, I don't know. You're not much of a drinker at all. Like, it's, no. yeah, well, not now. Which but, is but, funny that because we did a, an NBA thing at a local brewery and people kept asking me what I wanted to drink. And I don't drink beer, I only drink spirits. Yeah, you have two beers. So oh, my God. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, just buy me something. Surprise me. It's all good. Oh. I might hate it or I might like it. Mm. I was going <laughs> to say, too, uh, you said about water in between, which is, of course, one of those life pro tips and apps. And not even that. It's just must. Like, if you ever have more than a couple of drinks, like, just absolutely just match your drink water to water because drinking does dehydrate you. Um, but uh, the other one I'll always say, not that this is a, a shadow of my former self because I'm kind of the same, I don't drink that much anymore, uh, but something that also really helped if uh, if you're going out with some work friends and you are having a few drinks um, and it's starting to get like a few, turns into quite a few drinks. Uh, the weirdest one is, and people laugh at me, but have a banana, seriously. Like if you're between bars or something, go get a banana and, and fill up on potassiums and vitamins and all that stuff. It'll, it'll do wonders. It really will. So, mm-hmm. yeah. They're like, why? It's like, it's trust me. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. <laughs> drinking takes it out. It's messed up. Anyway, that's uh, yeah, that's a bit of drinking chat. But um, thanks for regaling us of uh, stories of, of, of these these fun past competitive chess times, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, I've got to say, Chesh, you, you've talked about a bit of like the wrestling game lately. Uh, I mean, you know, of, of your and and that you even looked at uh, or had a role in potentially even uh, looking to design a new one, that kind of thing. And something I'd, I would mm-hmm. love to see in the future if if there is the appetite for it in, you know, gaming communities and stuff. Like I want to see more of these like weird Jake the Snake deck archetypes and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, um, I just think it'd be super cool. So nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, the deck builder that I'm, I'm still working on the deck builder Mm. and it is going to have bits and pieces of kind of the feeling of the old, you know, raw deal card game. Yeah. Cause, cause that is just like pretty much the, when it comes to a trading card game, that was one of the pinnacles of design that felt like it should have been more out there. And I can't understand why it wasn't, it was big in the wrestling circle, but didn't really make it outside probably just because it's themed to wrestling, but yeah. with board games and stuff these days, like doing something like a deck builder, um, I'll probably just release it to free to everyone. Yeah. Okay. Like I did with dragon's treasure, because it's just like, well, I mean, I'm not going to go and hunt publishers and stuff. And if the game is liked by the community, maybe a publisher will take it on from there, but I'm not going to stress over it. Like I have in the past with my designs, um, you know, where I've spent years with something assigned to, a publisher who then doesn't do anything with it and then it's four years and the, the game is just too old to actually yeah, of course. publish. Um, but yeah, like that, that is, and, and we'll, we'll play it at some point yeah, because, sure. you know, it, it does have similar feeling to magic in a way, you know, and, and to legendary deck builder. If anyone's played legendary, which you, you should, yeah, if yeah. you have not, um, especially if you're a magic player and you love combos, yeah. the legendary deck building system is one of the best deck builders out there for hidden combos and trying to math things out. And Sweet. it looks very basic on the surface and it is to play, but then to master is just one of those, 
you know, trying to figure out how all those cogs go together so you can make yeah. like the best deck possible. And the interesting point point there is how many people look at games like that from an outside's perspective and decide it's not for them or is for them based on the theme. And you know, yeah. and then how intrinsic that theme is, and we talk about top down and bottom up design, but that's a whole other thing because I know a lot of people can. Wrestling's the type of thing that's very polarizing. People are either into it, they're not. You know, it's it's yeah. it's so yeah, it's it's interesting that way to to always see if there's going to be an appetite. So, nah, man, we have got yeah. to play more board games. It's, um, thanks, but for- you know what? I'll just drop it here. If anyone ever says that wrestling is fake, um, it's take n- a steel chair to the back. Yeah. And you will know if it's fake or not. Exactly. Like it's the, yeah. The outcome might already be predetermined, but it's not for that, the most part. Yeah, it's not that black but, and white. It's it's a okay. lot more. Black no, the yeah. term is the damage those bodies are taking. Say scripted yeah, rather yeah. than fake. Exactly, and yeah. there's a craft to it, and there's a like a perform. It's like saying, "Oh, a, a stage show is fake." It's like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, but you, you you completely diminishing all the skill and the yeah and everything, and then also the spectacle, the stories, like yeah, exactly, um, mm. yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm speaking completely as a very very much an outsider of wrestling, and you know, only a little bit during the nineties I kind of knew about it, but it's yeah, I'm sure Cheshire will always uh, eloquently uh, be able to um, kind of boil down what the essence of wrestling is in a much much more kind of detailed way kind of thing so um yeah but it's physical dancing yeah and it's <laughs> exactly it's i think like a lot of things just don't um i get really upset when people dismiss something that you know is is someone's complete like uh culture hobby whatever and you know down to it's not for me so i'm gonna you know dismiss it in such a way that it's you know it goes oh it's just stupid it's not even real <laughs> it's like, yeah hey. Damn it! Like no, there's more to it than that. So anyway, um, no, that's uh, that's, that's. I mean, thanks for for going down all those avenues, guys, and keeping up with the uh, where we go. But that's that's the whole vibe we paint here. We love to. We never never knew we were going to talk about um, you know theme parks and resulting in in board games and all that stuff. It's been awesome. But um, I think with that, I think we're going to uh, sign off pretty much with our last little bit, which is. Uh, like we usually do, the entertaining and, and kind of just what non-magic media has our taste attention at the moment. And um, if if Andy and, and Nick want to, um, you know, boil up anything you guys have been into lately. So I, yeah, I, um, these last three, four weeks or so, uh, I have been very much into Stardew Valley, which is, yeah. <laughs> which is basically yeah. just a, you know, like a farming game. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been kind of obsessed with it. Although I'm, my interest is starting to wane as I've put a lot of hours into it, and I've kind of done everything now. But uh, yeah, it's it's something like on my lunch breaks because I'm working from home. Like I'll eat my lunch really fast, and then I'll go and turn on the switch and start playing, and my daughter will watch. And you know, after she does her homework, she'll play too. Uh, she's not as efficient as I am, so she's not making the monies that I am. But, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to enjoy every facet of yeah. being a farmer and, you know, fantasizing about how cool it would be to be a farmer if I didn't have such a bad back and that kind of stuff. Mm. But it's fun. I've been uh, really enjoying it. No, I think it's got a, such a beautiful flow to it. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about how much nature means to me and, you know, I'd like to you know move towards that kind of thing, doing permaculture and stuff in real life. But, like... In a in a, a day and age where your games are so fast paced and so you know like do your Call of Duty and just ah shoot shoot respawn well ah it's all a bit 
playing games often isn't that like stress relief like it kind of should be but i'm really happy that that game exists and there's a few others like it but that one particularly has the it's open-ended enough but it's just like you can kind of live do what you want to do there i want to plant a a thing of all 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 leaks or something like or just like make an ornamental garden or something Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so it's so calming and delightful and yeah I'm, i'm really happy to see that it's also like it came out a while ago and, and people are still finding out about it very recently too. And they're like, oh, this is the game for me for sure. Uh, and also the sprite graphics we talked about before too. There's something very, very charming about mm-hmm. that. Love it. Um, Chesh, what was yours? Ah, Vision's disappointing. Don't watch it until every episode is out. Okay. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm enjoying WandaVision. I, I saw the first two episodes and uh, I thought it was entertaining. I'm, I'm interested to see where they go. I think I'm go. still going to watch it and yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that can come down to a style too that, I mean, depending on what the show is like, like you say, Chesh, but uh, I know a lot of people like waited for Mandalorian to be completely front-loaded and, you know, like watch it all at once if that's their way to do it. I, I don't mind watching things, we, you know, one uh, one yeah, episode just, at a time, but yeah. I just feel like there's not enough to WandaVision for it to be weekly. Like, I yeah. understand it needs to be weekly and that's fine. Um, and by the end of it, I think once the bigger picture is available it'll be better because it feels like the type of show that I would rather binge watch than watch one by one. Whereas Mando was definitely a one by one because each story was kind of self-contained. Yeah. It wasn't like every single episode is the same cliffhanger building to like whatever this thing is, which is, you know, most likely if you've ever read the comics, it's pretty much just Wanda stuck in her own head um, for the most part Uh, being one of the most or the most powerful mutant, you know, the world has ever seen. Ah. Um, and I feel like it's probably the same premise as the comics are at least very close to, cause we, you know, obviously have um, sword, which is the offshoot of shield, um, which is not a spoiler. This is a thing that you see in the trailers. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it's going to be extremely entertaining once all of the episodes. are uh, out. True, but until true. that happens, I feel like you can't, it's missing that hook to keep me coming back yeah oh, interesting interesting but if you enjoyed your time and it hasn't been a waste of time mm, <laughs> okay no, okay no, <laughs> I, i've i've not enjoyed the episodes by themselves yeah yeah simply because they don't feel complete yeah i don't know i was gonna say we were delighted the with old such school a good show like Mando sitcom style well. of it it just makes me smile you know, I see where they're going. Wait, wait until you get to episode three. I see where they're going with that. And yeah. that's kind of cool. But I might, um, I, I reckon I might view it on Andy's kind of, uh, you know, lens there that I'd be like, oh, I'm actually kind of a lot of it is the visual styling and the kind of, um, you know, the feel that way that may be stringing me along kind of thing. But um, yeah, as I said before, I, I don't mind a slower show if that's the way it is, but um and then also that, like I say, that Mandalorian was something recently that was such an amazing combination of uh, what was the two st- styles of shows you talked about before. Like they're either self-contained each episode. I mean, The Simpsons being like the, the ultimate one of those where nothing ever happens beyond the episode. It's just a self-contained thing. Or it's more, I, I don't know the words. I lost them before. <laughs> you know, the two types. Yeah. When you can have both in a way, like it's self-contained, but it is progressing. Like it's in an interesting way. And um, I love the adventure format of Mandalorian that did that. And I think, like I say, I think we're just a little bit spoiled for how well that that was done. So, um, but then again, I don't consume as much media as you, Chesh. So you're probably coin me into a lot more that do it very, very well. 
Yeah, correct. I, I, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I do, I, I do take in a lot of media. Yeah. Um, be it from like podcasts to movies to TV series to, you know, I'm I'm always going to have that bug. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those weird things where I always say like because I've worked in these fields before, like I've got a really weird kind of um fascination with current media and current technologies because of how we've progressed even in the last 20 years and i think that that's why i keep coming back to this stuff and like it's not a waste of time for me because i'm using that time to like you know pretty much just see what everyone's doing and how they're doing it and seeing how i can incorporate that kind of stuff into what i'm doing yeah and you never know how how seriously you're going to take that in the future again like it could be back to movie critic type stuff again you know like who knows exactly Mm, nice um my one for this week was uh it's weird it's it's a game i haven't even played yet uh but i watched the review i'm like yeah i'm gonna play it and the reason i bring it up is because i have played one and two of it and it's very much the same formula but in a very good way hitman 3 came out this week and Hitman 1 and 2, the the kind of ones that came out 2016, 2018, I believe, uh, in started off as like an episodic format, uh, which at the time a lot of people were dubious of. They're like, what the hell? And it's like, yeah, here's a level that comes out. But in Hitman style, there's so much into it. There's so much detail, so much immersion. Uh, and then this point, creativity and comedy, in a weird way, is very self-aware. Uh, worked really, really well. And so now number three is out and it just adds all those levels into like a one package kind of thing so you can access all your one and two levels over the last few years and there's so much replayability in it Um, and and just so much charm and and, and from what I've seen, I watched a couple of reviews and like, yeah, this is the best of it in the whole series. And and the reason kind of I want to link it back in a weird way but um, whether whether Nick chimes in here, but um, the... The level design uh, is is something I I put. There's only there's only one other thing I think of, and it's Dark Souls for how good the level design is in hit, these Hitman games, and and just how dense and like or detailed and and everything is considered, and like how amazing that stuff is for sure. So um, yeah, look forward to playing that this week for sure. So now, Nick, did you have anything you're vibing at the moment? Yeah, before that, is is that the Hitman game where it has like the the, the heat seeking briefcase that you can just throw at people? I believe so. Or <laughs> my awesome. wa- my wife will be able to tell me because she's played the older older ones, and I never did until yeah the, the most recent ones. But um, I can't remember if it's in the latest ones. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But of course, there's things like bananas and fish, and like it comes down to how weird and creative you want to be with your your missions, and you know how many weird things you can get away with is so strange. But exactly, exactly. I gotcha. Well, I I've been meaning to get back to uh, to Sekiro. I took a I took a little bit of a break. Oh yeah. Um, you know when when Cyberbug came out, and I'm still not playing that. <laughs> Cyberbug like, 2020. <laughs> it, it's just it's just like um like vanilla Skyrim, <laughs> exactly. if you will, just cranked up to eleven. It's it. Yeah. I don't want to reset my computer every twenty minutes, but uh, but enough yeah. on that. So, um, if I don't play second row, I'm probably just gonna go back to Hades. I'm just getting through the lower heats. I finally you know rolled the credits on that. So a lot more game to play. Oh, nice. And then if I'm not doing that, uh, I got bowling. So I always have bowling to do. Nice. So is is that that is one of your key hobbies, right? Yes. Nice, nice. So uh, I was going to make the uh, what is the the little quote of um, Big Lebowski there for a second, but it's kind of just escaped my mind. But <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. So yeah, how's uh, how's bowling been as far as being able to get to uh, you know down um, and and actually go and do it in these weird times? 
Yeah, it's uh the, the league started interesting. So uh, both of the leagues I had last year ended abruptly because, you know, I don't know, I don't mm. know if it was, you know, over there, but over here it was around um like middle March that everything just started shutting down and so the leagues were just yeah, canceled same. and you know season's over. Same here, yeah. Um and then this year everybody's masked up. One of my leagues does have, you know, lane distancing where you have one yep. you have one team on a pair of lanes so that's and that's all you get like you, so you're you're well distanced out and the other one is just unfortunately it's just a bunch of old guys that don't care so everybody's masked up still it's great mm. but we all try to sit away from each other as far as possible it, it's it's interesting it kind of takes you know kind of like with commander some of the some of the social aspect out of it like you don't have like the fun visual cues and not everybody's drinking cuz they don't want like drinks out in the open it's yeah of course it's not terrible it's just different yeah, yeah, and it's like, ah, oh, it's it's still we we want to do it, of course, but it's like it's it's not the same. But at the same time, I'm sure you're just like, well, this is what we're gonna do at the moment, and and you know, we're not gonna pretend all this stuff doesn't exist. Like it's you know, we will just do it safely, exactly. So yes, um, if it means you if it means you get to do it, exactly. So no credit to you. That's that's great. Um, I was gonna say the uh that that reminded me in a weird way of the uh that we tweet today. But Colin was talking about um schoolyard games for some reason. About I think everyone was posting their like post top five like five games or something, and he posted all these like physical games you actually play, and especially like schoolyard ones. And I had a massive chuckle about Foursquare. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to I had to chime in because it's uh I know Foursquare, and this is such a weird tangent. I know, but. Foursquare being for me the uh, the painted four squares in the schoolyard where you have a tennis ball and you you bounce between the squares and um, it's kind of I think you you announced it like uh, you, you you mentioned it was like table tennis is probably the best way to put it like ping pong and in in the rules having to bounce between like in the squares and everything um, but I I recently it's funny because I recently had a uh, what was it? Not like a debate with well, was my wife and then someone else about like where they grew up at and, and went to school. Like they're like Foursquare. I've never heard of Foursquare. We'd call it down ball. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, and I, so I was delighted to see someone from Milwaukee going, oh, it's Foursquare. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. See? Um, so what, Chesh, do you, what, what did you call the game Foursquare or down ball? Do you, Neither. or did you have neither? Oh, what? What's that? Never played it. You didn't have it at I all. I don't think I've ever. Did you have? No. You didn't have the like the 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 painted squares on the you know the asphalt at school, and you played a you know this weird game where you bounce a ball. Not at all. No, we played handball. I. That's probably what it is. Was it in four squares? Uh, it was in many squares. Or oh, two squares sometimes. I mean, sometimes two squares, so, four squares, six squares, eight squares, whatever we could take. Yeah. Okay. However many people we could get. Yeah, it was just handball. I was going to say those big ones become like big unwieldy commander games where it's like we're playing seven com- play commander. Oh. It's like oh god, you know this is going to go bad. Yeah, yeah, weird. So that there is- you go. It's like the, the the name changes everywhere. It's it's strange, but yeah, somehow it's like I was just so delighted to hear Foursquare did exist somewhere else, and <laughs> I wasn't just imagining it. So yeah, nice, right. weird one to end on. I know. Um, well, in that case, I think uh, yeah, good place to to wrap it. But um, just want to thank. Uh, the scrap trolls for joining us and for a, a good lofty chat about commander and then everything else in life as we often do but um yeah andy and nick you've been delightful thanks so much for joining us and um yeah it's you know uh where can the people find you uh, all right andy you're up yeah well first <laughs> off uh thank you for having us this is uh this has been yes, great to you. sit and chat with you uh, with you guys 
Um, I don't talk to a lot of people from Australia, so that's uh, that's been uh, pleasant. <laughs> people tend to like that's it. That's not normal it's, for you? It, no. We're in no, our own way. So. Huh. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you can find us on, on Twitter at Scrap Trawlers. Uh, you can find us streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Scrap Trawlers. Uh, we stream budget EDH gameplay uh, the first and third Sundays of every month. And then we have our Scrap Chats uh, every other Tuesday where we just talk about various EDH topics. Love you can it, also find it. us on YouTube um, as well. Um, all of our streams we upload to YouTube uh, later on. Very, very good. Chesh, my friend, where can we find you? You can find me at all great places where your mum's not. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Cheshire Plays Games, youtube.com forward slash Cheshire Plays Games, twitter.com forward slash Cheshire Plays, because Twitter is shit. <laughs> Oh, so uh, it has its days. <laughs> yeah. If you want to find my basketball stuff, just look, look up Chesh Breaks. Love it, love it. And you can find me at Pass the Jam Sam on the Twitters and the Instagrams. But more importantly, you can find the podcast on the Twitters at CMDR underscore Crunch, Instagram at CMDR Crunch, and the website is cmdrcrunch.fireside.fm. And uh, yeah, send us thoughts, feedback, uh, questions, pictures of cephalids, pictures uh, of kittens. Pictures of kittens, yeah, sure, and magic cards, uh, to cmdrcrunchpodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, no, it's, um, it's a good one. I'm, uh, I'm going to let you all go along your merry ways for what is now hopefully still a reasonable hour in, uh, you know, in Milwaukee time. Wait and, a sec. Yeah. Hot, hot tip time. When you're making a roast lamb, yeah. uh, create some slices in the top that are approximately one inch for you Americans. Uh, do a uh, crushed garlic and cheese mix up and insert it into the slot with a little bit of pepper and salt uh, before you cook it. Trust me. Thank you, later. I love that. Usually right. it's like, oh, any advice this week? You go, mm, don't know. And it's like this one you premeditated for a long time. I'm, I'm very, thank you, Chesh. But yeah. Uh, oh, I've been thinking about roast versus lamb all day. Fair, so. fair. Andy, Nick, do you have any advice for our listeners? Oh, wow. Mm, um, it's, it's like, it's on the spot. Yeah, brew some, <laughs> brew some budget decks. It's fun. And you, yeah. you actually, you learn a lot about brewing by brewing with restrictions. Word. Yeah, I, I guess I get some advice. It's more just, um, I guess, more of a plea. It's it's a new year. <laughs> we're, we're hopefully coming off the end of COVID. Just try to be kind to each other a little bit. Just a little bit more. Yes. Like, you think you're being kind? Try a little bit more. It'll go a long way, yeah. trust me. Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I don't know if I emphasize that enough at the start, but, um, you know, that that's something really really needs to be shouted out about scrap trawlers that it is, it is a positive place and it's a constructive place and it's you know and i'd like to think we keep it positive here don't worry guys chesh means well yeah he's critical about things sometimes and and you know all the things <laughs> <laughs> he's just got more more uh you know uh wizard energy and and, and more experience than and and a lot of us and he's seen some seen some shit so um no exactly no <laughs> he's he's a lovely person <laughs> i do chesh um but uh i'm an old man wizard what, you what Old man wizard. Old man wizard. But yes, no, definitely. Like it's just be just be kind to each other. Um, don't. I want to say don't take the card game as seriously. But no, you can. You totally should, and we do as well. We do content about it. But it's it's like don't let it rule your life in an emotional kind of sense. Uh, that kind of thing. And also, like I, I like to promote too that uh, if you walked away from last year and go, I didn't, we didn't learn anything. It's like, well, 
I don't know. I think we all learn something, you know, as resilience, everything like that. And it's try harder. Yeah, there's always there's always something to be kind of reflected on for sure that you can you know will make us better moving on in a way. So um, yeah, exactly. Be good to each other. Um, and and I'll recommend get into baking bread. I haven't said that before, but it's a uh, it's one of those exercises, almost like we're talking about Stardew Valley before. It it pays to have a a hobby, a thing that whatever that puts you on a timeline that isn't immediately gratifying. And it's like it can gardening does the same thing for me, like in real life. And it's yeah, find something that takes a little bit of like, like almost like physical investment, and then it doesn't immediately pay off. But you, it's it's gratifying over time, and it's yeah, that's it's one of those things that really kind of nourishes the soul. So yeah, getting sappy. Take care, friends. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.